Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 294. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor is also here. Um, just about. Yes. Welcome to the show. It's a DC Comics podcast. We get together, we talk about this week's DC books to be read. Coming up on today's show, we have Detective Comics 1054, Action Comics 1040, Robin issue 11, Task Force Z issue 5, Deathstroke Inc. issue 6, DC vs. Vampires issue 5, The Human Target issue 5, Refrigerator Full of Heads issue 4, and Connor's got a Patreon book with Harley Quinn issue 12. Uh, I would have liked to have done a Patreon book this week, but uh, we're recording on Friday, we're recording a day early, and I had to watch Tremors 5 today, so uh, that got in the way of reading more books. I had to. Very little Elden Ring for you today then. Uh, no Elden Ring as of yet. I'll probably I'll probably play Elden Ring when I'm done recording in like five hours or so time. I will play some Elden I, I Ring. We're recording for five hours. Like, Damn it! I kind of want to start over with a different class. Matt, Matt, it's not all this show. I've got another recording okay. after this show that I'm including the, in the five the, hours. The, the, the Tremors recording, I assume. Yes, yes. Uh, don't worry. Not, not, <laughs> not planning on a five-hour episode. Yeah, me, me neither. Yeah. Even though I am <laughs> drinking coffee. Like coffee in this... huh? This afternoon, but still. (laughs) So yes, Uh, so I'll just have to do a couple of Patreon books next week and catch up. Uh, But yes, so that's what's coming up on the show this week. Plus there's a little bit of news. There's actually some interesting news. And it's weird because it's a week after Solicits. We never get interesting news. It was the comics retailers event. Oh, is that what it was? That's why people were... Yeah, that's why there's a bunch of new stories here. Okay. Uh, Fair enough then. Uh, So... Uh, is what it is. Uh, but yeah, Elden Ring came out. I was playing a lot of that last night. Yeah. Ninja games. It's, it's I caved. I, I, I literally have hated every single Souls game I've tried so far, which is almost all of them, barring Demon Souls. Which is weird because for... Every, uh, every, for... every time I, I hear the hype and I'm like, maybe, maybe this is the one I'll like. And every time I, 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 I fall for it. And I, I hate get... it. When it comes to, like, I mean, I, I hate to sort of qualify a group as the hardcore gamers, but just in the context of this, I think it applies. Connor is definitely in the hardcore camp when it comes to gaming, but he is in the minority of that camp at not liking From Software games. Yeah, it's not the difficulty, because I like a lot of other difficult games. Just generally, they don't feel good to me, but I'm definitely in the minority. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every, everyone else disagrees with that, but uh, I also caved, not because I didn't want it, but just because I wasn't planning on getting it at launch, but then the the, the the reviews were so catastrophically high that I just I couldn't ignore it. Plus, that's, the PC price was basically what happened to me. The yeah. PC price as well, and which is annoying because there's definitely some performance issues on the PC that I am getting irritated with. I actually, well, my mine was never as bad as you. Anyway, when I was playing it off stream last night, it got even better. Like the the dips mm. were less frequent once I, I wasn't. I streaming. mentioned to you that um, there was like you know dropping and then like you know freezing and then like speeding up to catch back up and you you mentioned that hadn't happened to you and i, I was like maybe that was, that was just me and i happened to watch a video earlier of a of someone mentioning you know it was just part of a, a larger video and they meant you know showed some footage of it happened to them i was like ah so it is a consistent thing and they're playing on like a 3080 so it, it's not just me that this is happening to yeah it does seem to be a bit hit and miss though with how severe it is for certain people i don't know if it's hardware specifically or whatever yeah, there's nothing in my hardware that's bad that those should be causing it, but it could be just a weird combination of things that are just throwing out. But regardless, I'm having fun with it so far. Uh, so I'll probably play some more of that later on tonight when all is said and done. 
Matt's, for once, getting a bit of a taste of what the sports talk's like for me by sitting there just hearing words and things and not really understanding what's going on. That's okay. Sorry, I I was spacing out. We could talk about wrestling that if you want, if you want to make Connor feel bad. Just, uh, um, don't, don't believe MJF. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, believe him, but just know <laughs> um, he's abusive and he's a narcissist. And um, in my experience, uh, that's just uh, to get you where he can stab don't, you in the back. Don't get me wrong. MJF is definitely going to flip this on Punk and be a true villain right now. However, mm-hmm. I actually do think that promo where he got very emotional and talked about his childhood, I do think there's a seed in there for one day, a very good face run. Yeah. One day, there'll be a redemptive run for MGF, and that'll be the basis yeah. of it, was what, what he said in that promo. What's all that to me is, is, is someone that's gone to live events and has, has booed the heel during an emotional promo so much that the person next to me goes, all right, all right calm down. Um <laughs> As I'm as I'm cooking dinner on Wednesday, and I go, oh, I don't believe a word this guy says. And, and then my hero, CM Punk, comes out with the most concerned, sad look on his face. And I was like, oh, if he was enough to move Punk, uh, this story. Uh, and I was not expecting that to happen. So I was expecting Punk to kick him when he's down. Because um, that's what you do to him, JF. But yeah, no. Yeah. It's uh, quite, quite, quite something. Um, other wrestling news, Cesaro quietly left WWE, so that could be a cool acquisition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very no, utilized. Uh, eventful week. And it was a hell, it was an eventful week in lots of ways, uh, which we're not going to get into on this podcast, but. Uh... <laughs> that is the, the, the weirdest reference to that yet that I've heard. Well, I mean, you know, we tend to talk about pop culture stuff on here. We're not going to dive yeah. into. The, what's going on but it's rough times and real life red dawn uh, so let's, let's try to keep everyone's minds off the, the dark sinister yeah. world for a few hours uh, and talk about I, comic books i had a friend that wanted to talk to me about it i said i'm gonna be holding up listening to history podcasts with stuff that i know how it turned out um Ooh, what history just, podcast uh, i was listening to american history tellers on billy the kid um hmm. it's just a, a quick little four episode each one's about each episode's about forty five minutes, um, so That's very very good. I'm caught uh, up on most of my history podcasts. I mean, yeah, I need new ones to start working through. Oh, I'll I'll send you a list of some of their good ones because it's all uh, they're done in kind of seasons around a topic. I'm um, still just going to listen to them in order. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, turns out the movie Young Guns is actually the closest depiction of Billy the Kid that we've gotten in pop culture, like ever. So that was that was pretty cool um to learn uh he had a historian on to talk about that but yeah trying to trying to distract myself from real life um comics are great for that i, I, ju- I just use alcohol yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that's healthy uh i don't really know who billy kid is to be i've heard of him but uh he has uh, a famous old west outlaw he was super super young um he he started off cattle wrestling and he's kind of more of a folk hero than just an out and out outlaw um and so he uh, ended up on the wrong side. There was this whole thing called the Lincoln County War that was basically two two cattle barons um, fighting over land and business. And uh, yeah, so he ends up making his fame through there and ends up, uh, I guess it's not a spoiler for Tissier, right? Ends up getting uh, gunned down by the age of 21. 
So, uh, very, very interesting. But if, if anyone's uh, listening to me talk about this right now, American History Tellers, uh, wherever you find podcasts, it's a pretty, pretty quick moving four episodes. Mm. I'll allow this promotion, but only because we're not competing yes. with history podcasts. Uh, uh, we're really not. <laughs> we're really not. Another fun thing is the guy that hosted is Lindsey Graham, and he gets a lot of hate mail for the senator, uh, who happens <laughs> to share his name. Um, yeah, so that that's usually really fun. Um, it, it still takes me for a loop when when he presents it, because uh, that, that's not a good name. So, yes, check check that out if if you will. And Pete, if you haven't seen Young Guns, like not that it's a great western but as far as 80s go it's it's you could do a lot worse mm. i'm in no rush i'm in no rush yes. uh but yeah okay let's let's get to, so obviously the comic soldier top 10 is unfortunately no more yeah. but that does not stop me from trying uh experiment number two <laughs> this week <laughs> which, experiment next two which i i do think this is probably the better th- better the two so far in that there's more numbers to work with uh but i'm actually just going to give you the top 10 uh based on the pool numbers on league of comic geeks honestly i'm surprised into this last week that was my first thought yeah but he wanted to keep you on your toes connor yeah john i will say is i've noticed on on amazon's new comicsology page you know the the, the, the one that it reroutes to mm-hmm. um it is broken at the minute. They mentioned that they, they, they claim they're going to fix it, but um, the new releases section, you can sort it by publisher, but it's it, for whatever reason, in the all new releases, it's missing a bunch of you know, major publishers, like image, no image books show up in the all new releases, uh, no Dark Horse books, no Boom books. It's, it's weird, but when they fix it, in theory, you could use that because I'm pretty sure they're still in order of sales from because they seem to move around over the week and you know as of right now the top two are x death the wolverine and human target and they feel like high selling books mm-hmm. obviously saga would probably have been in there because that's a top selling book but it's an image book so it's broken so, but, <sighs> yeah mm, well yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see where it comes yeah. uh but real, real quick with this this new update this never happened to me before, so I don't know if maybe I just had my settings set differently. Uh, but every time I finish a comic, I get recommendations in my email for other comics. Oh, please God, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, it happened with Deathstroke, Inc. this week, which a um, little bit of a, of a tip my hand here. Uh, I don't want to read anything like that again. Um, <laughs> so them sending me recommendations. This is like... Um... Uh, neither of you probably reading it, but Goodreads, which, you know, for like logging books. Um, mm-hmm. for, for, yeah, it's just the letterbox yeah. for the letterbox for for pages. Yes. Um, every time I like, I mark a book as oh I finished this book I read, they email me going you finished this book. It's like yes I know I did. Yeah. Thank thank you for yeah. that. I, I I know I finished this book. I don't need an email telling so, me I finished this book. So it, it's been real hit or miss with these. I think I got one for maybe tech this week, but definitely Deathstroke Inc. and, and tech. Um, so I hope there's not going to be a thing going through every time I finish I a book on here. do not get those, and I'm very glad. I hope that yeah. doesn't start. And I'm sure there's a saying you can turn off the I'm match sure I not. can, but I just, I didn't know if this was a thing that, that Comixology did that I just had turned off because no, it was I so, think so, you know, 
Yeah. Like, Amazon desperate for more money. <laughs> you, you enjoyed Detective Comics. Would you like to try this manga book? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the correct answer, Matt. And you know what? Yes. Uh, so uh, yeah, I don't care how many weirdos tell me that manga's out selling comics. To get that away from me, I don't care. Yeah. So yes, top ten, top ten books based on the pull list numbers on LeagueOfComicGeeks.com. What is it? Dot com? Is dot com? Just double check because <laughs> it I, is. I don't actually know what the address is. Um, so. Yeah, look at all publishers here, obviously, because that wouldn't be would be no fun end if it was just the DC books. It would be it'd be too it'd be too filtered. It'd be too easy to predict. So, um, yeah, number one is probably not a huge surprise to to anyone. Is it is it one I just mentioned? Yes, you might have done. Yeah, yes, Saga number fifty six is the the top pulled comic book right now and one of the things i should mention, I've, I've mentioned this briefly before but one of the things that i should mention if we if we are going to keep looking at these numbers specifically in a week-to-week basis is one of the things that makes these numbers just a little bit weird they're actually more reflective i think overall than the the roundup review account that we were looking at last week but mm-hmm. i will say that what's weird about these numbers is that number ones tend to suffer not because no one's buying them but because no one's actually added it to their pull list yet until it started right. So number ones actually tend to be underreported in this ranking. So just keep that in I mind. I mean, yeah, that makes this. sense. I, I always remember in my days of reading Wizard, they called it the number two echo, where number two outsells number one just on the fact that it, it's a number two. So it was very weird back in the day. So yeah, that makes there's, sense. There's obviously one. some weird things with this format, given... It- I do think it's better than the, the critic roundup for sure, but it has the same problems. You mentioned the number ones there. There's also the the case of there's probably a lot of people who you know leave stuff on their pull list and don't, just don't take it off on there, even mm. though they're not buying it anymore. Yeah, that's there's some truth to like, that. Just uh, this just again, there are no numbers to back this up. This is just some some journalists have been you know going, hey, we've heard from publishers, um, digital sales because this is the first week of books uh, from from release day uh, that have been on the Amazon rather than Comixology. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get me in last week till after it changed, but yeah, for most people. Yeah, yeah, but it changed on Thursday, right, before. So you, you had your first day of sales and you had all your your subscriptions. Uh, different publishers are reporting anywhere between a 20 and a 70% loss of sales compared to normal. Again, well, no verification on that because, yeah, they're not reporting those figures, but if if even close to that, that is astonishing. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, second book on here, number two, is Detective Comics 1054. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the Notably, that's a little bit higher than it was showing up on the Comixology Top 10 when we were still getting to look at mm-hmm. those numbers. Uh, I think Detective and Batman do tend to fare very well on yeah. this uh, site when you look at the pull figures. Yeah. Yeah, number three is Amazing Spider-Man issue 90. Not Again, not a shock. People buy Spider-Man. Uh, number four is Action Comics 1048. Again, Superman hey. does tend to do quite well on here. Um, maybe it's my own imagination. Maybe it's because I noticed DC books more, but I feel like it does tend to skew a little more DC higher up. I think it tends to skew more big two than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, obviously Saga was in there. That's the exception. I'm not saying that there aren't exceptions. Mm-hmm. I think that the people who tend to read this, they tend to read a lot of books, but they tend to, generally speaking, a lot of them, are reading the big popular books that are using this. Number five is Dark Ages, issue five. Number six is 
Berserker issue 7, I have to think about how you pronounce that there, because it's just, there's no vowels in the title, it's just... That's the, uh, you definitely, definitely Keanu Reeves right in that one. Yeah. Berserker, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, there you go, there's a, there's a, there's a oh, boom look, book, I think, that looks like I, it. I did learn that, obviously, they, they sold it on Keanu Reeves. Uh, I think the other writer who's actually writing it is the one who did Batman the Imposter, so I'm slightly more interested in it now, that I know that hmm. there's someone competent on it. Mm. Number seven is Robin, issue 11. Number eight is Miles Morales, Spider-Man, issue 35. Number nine is The Department of Truth, issue 16. And number 10 is X, Deaths of Wolverine, issue 3. So, mm-hmm. uh, Real quick about Berserker, it's Matt Kent, not the other. Uh, he didn't have anything to do with the imposter. I wonder if there was something on. I wonder yeah. if he's taken over or something. Because I definitely read Maybe. his name attached to it on something yeah, well, this week. The one that's writing on then seven was Matt Kent with with Keanu Reeves. Mm. So. I wonder if maybe he started it or if he's taken over. Mm. I, I, he was definitely his name was attached to it in an article this week. Mm. Gotcha. Our car is just making up stories. I mean, that's entirely yeah. possible. I will find this article. Uh, this, this, I don't believe it. Uh, just just sort of looking a little bit further down. Look right after number ten, you got Catwoman, then DC versus Vampires. Uh, taking the next couple of spots, so not too bad. The human targets mm-hmm. down, sort of in the the lower teens. It, you know, it's all about makes a. It's it's all about more or less as expected. Um, I would say human target. I expect is actually a little bit higher in terms of sales. If if we still yeah. had Comicsology top ten, but you know, that's maybe just reflects the type of people who are making pull lists on this. Whereas I feel like it's a lot of people who probably read Human Target and a few other books but don't need a pull list because they only read three or four books a month. Right. And they're very selective and they pick these prestige books and that's all they read. Well, they also don't have trust issues because I don't trust people. Because, uh, I, you know, I still never got that one... Uh, <laughs> what was that? That event that I'm missing the third issue out of Hell four. Arisen. Hell Arisen. Yeah, yeah, Hell Arisen 3. Well, I mean... Because I didn't have it on my poll. When I, when I say don't make pull lists, I just sort of mean log an, onto a website like this to keep their own pull list. I, I mean, they may still have them pulled uh, at the shop, uh, or they read them digitally or whatever. Uh, I mean, but... I'm a prime example. Obviously, I read a lot of comics. I don't... I use this website on a weekly yeah. basis. I don't yeah. have my books pulled on there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. It's just not foolproof, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see. Um... Yeah, and you also, it's not really worth much, I would say, but you do get like a critical, consi- well, not critical, but like a user-rated consensus as well, based on what everyone's rating the books. For the for, mm-hmm. for the people who I imagine are probably less than a third of people who pull probably actually go back and rate the ones they read, but it is there. That's probably high on, to be honest, as well. Yeah. But, uh, and they tend to be quite high for the most part, just because, well, it's people who are still reading the issue 50, so... <laughs> they're still reading because they like the book, so they don't tend to read it very low, which is why it's not really that worth uh, mentioning. So, hey-ho. Uh, but yeah, so, again, let me know what you think uh, about looking at this as a top 10 possibility week to week. And the comments are on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, maybe we'll get lucky, maybe Amazon will have something that we can just read off of that will effectively just be the spiritual successor to the Comicsology top 10. But uh, for now, we're looking at different options. Not that I have an idea for next week yet. That's different from the last two. <laughs> Maybe I'll think of some. I'll get creative. 
You could go and talk to a bunch of shops. Isn't there some website that already does that? There is a website that does that, but I don't want to use that data because it's them. <laughs> <laughs> the site that must not be named. Yes. Oh, dear. I'll just, I'll, uh... I'll DM Big Bang Comics and just be like, hey, can you like send me your top 10 sales figures for your single issues every week just so I've got a top 10 to read in the podcast? Thank you. One store is not indicative. You need at least at least 10 to be a minimum sample size. I'm not contacting 10 comic stores, you prick. just feel like you're just not putting enough work to this. Hey, if any comic store owners or employees are listening to this and you would like to send me weekly sales figures for your, your single issues, by all means, uh, what's, the, what's the email address again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mftvquestions at gmail.com. I got to think about that there. <laughs> mftvquestions at gmail.com. By all means, hit me up in the emails. I'll call it an average and whatever else. Anywho, <laughs> that's your experimental top 10 for the week. Uh, we do have a couple of news things to mention. Um, then there's, there's somewhat juicy. I think first things first, we got a new team on Batman coming this summer, and it's an interesting name. Chip Zarsky is taking over as the writer of the ongoing Batman title. Um, and that's kind I'm of for it. kind of fun. I'm gonna decry conspiracy <laughs> because every time I say I'm gonna drop getting it physically, <laughs> they go and do something like this. Yeah, uh, they said he's kicking off with a six-issue story arc. Now, whether that's because he's only doing one arc or if it's just a case of that's his first arc, uh, we'll find out. Because let's be honest, Williamson's run has ultimately turned into just a, an arc or two as opposed to a run. Uh, I, do you know what I will say? I'm, I'm quite happy about this news. I like Zarsi, right? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me less excited for this uh, big Williamson crossover event because I'm like, well, oh, yeah, now I've got to read Deathstroke Inc. and one shots and it's going to be for the sake of maybe two issues afterwards and then we're I mean, on to Zarsky stuff oh that that thing is th- I thought you meant uh, Dark Crisis because I, I, I was thinking yeah. this was good news in the sense that it means he's devoting more of his time to the Dark no, Crisis stuff no no that's that's his event I mean his crossover okay, okay. Yeah, the Shadow Williams and things I, I forgot I'll be, I wasn't even thinking about these these Robin slash Deathstroke slash yeah. whatever crossover Batman yeah yeah uh, so Yes, but uh, yeah. So it's starting with an art called Failsafe. Uh, it looks like uh, Jorge Jimenez is back on the book, uh, yep. working with them. So that's a kind of fun. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how much of a connected tissue he's going to be over Gotham over the last few years. Really, yeah. In, in that sense, sprinkled around. He was in. He was in an Urban Legends arc, and then obviously he's been doing this the night. He was many. pretty hefty on uh, Tynan's Batman. Yeah. Oh, Jimenez. Yeah. Jimenez, not Zadarski. Yeah. I was talking about Chip. Yeah, 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 no, no. It took me a second, I was like, no, that's I, I did clarify or... afterwards. I, I realized that. We, mm. I, I did clarify Jimenez, but so you didn't hear that. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was following your thread, Connor. Yeah. Well, but I said yeah, it made no. sense to me, but yes, yes. Jimenez has been but in no. Batman a lot, yes. But yeah, Jimenez is kind of, with all future state stuff and his Tynan, you know. But I can't think of a team I'd want to read more. Zadarsky and Jimenez. Yeah, I do like that image, which is uh, you got a Robin with his cape out, this sort of over Batman's chest as if it's the Bat logo. That's a nice little. And image. more importantly, 
it's Tim because Darcy's a big Tim fan. So we got a Tim story. Well, I mean, all the other Robins are pretty well represented right now. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You probably, Tim. You probably, should, you probably should have a Tim's related story. I mean, yeah, we'll get to Night, talk about Tim in, in a little. Night, Nightwing's like the the best DC book pretty much there is right now. Uh, Robin with Damien is a great read, and then not as good, but Jason's still doing a pretty solid run in Task Force Z. Like I was say, I love all three of those books. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Michelle. What can I say? Um, I switch back girls so, is better. What, what I'm hearing is Matt is is a huge Batman fan now. No, no, I did not say anything about Batman. He's a he huge Nightwing. He's a huge Batman he fan. Robin. He's also a huge no. Jason Todd fan though. But he's he's loving the entire Bat family line, so yeah. he must be a huge Batman fan. No, I'm not loving Batman. Clearly, you did not listen when we reviewed it last. Um, I'll be honest; I don't remember the last issue. Yeah. yeah. So. So fair. I think it's it's, it's fine. Name? I did not. Conspiracy. I can actually check. Hold on. Go ahead and check. <laughs> he's got the numbers to back. Go, it's go check. To date with Matt, let's be honest. Yeah, no, seven point five. Boom. How did you remember that? <laughs> uh, because I give most things 7.5s when I'm unsure. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, the, the Robins are, are well represented right now. Uh, except for Tim. So, um, let's put them in stuff. I think we, we were meant to be getting something with Tim. I don't know what happened with that. I know we had the like the three issues in Urban, Urban Legends. We had yeah, Tim Urban Legends. Yeah. But there, there, was, there was definitely still something coming after that. And then it never seemed to materialize. Tynan set him up in tech to, to go off to school, and then Bendis came and mucked up, you know, Young Justice. Uh, <laughs> and it's kind of sent him in a tailspin. Drake, so, yes, the Drake. Drake. Yeah. I don't know about that. The GPS outfit. Honestly, <laughs> you know, that was a good idea. Uh, my only regret is that it wasn't around long enough for him to get an arch nemesis who was wearing a FedEx outfit. Yeah, right. Purple. <laughs> Dropping the purple promise. <laughs> Uh, the other news, uh, which uh, I didn't find an article for, this was a Twitter announcement, but it's, it's notable because uh, Tom Taylor uh, teased mm -hmm. the book and then revealed what it was going to be uh, just earlier today, and that is Deceased 3. Now, whether or not that's the the, the final title, but uh, the, the logo that he shared was Deceased with the E, was a, a number 3, and it says every story has an end, so clearly he's implying this is going to be his final story in the deceased universe which you know it makes sense that there would be that much more but it's nice for him to return to mm -hmm. one more time no the three's at the end this is is deceased yeah all i know is uh uh zombies are still in the sun and that's a plot thread maybe it's um, deceased 3d oh, it's just, don't okay, do that to me we need 3d glasses to read it that's what yeah. you're saying don't yeah, do that to me i am so down for that <laughs> <laughs> i love i love 3d part threes jaws uh oh, jaws 3d is so boring i watched it for the first time this year it's so yeah. boring or last year hey, look but... i'm sure through adult eyes it's terrible but uh eight-year-old me used to watch it on tbs all the time um young dennis quaid Try try to be cool. It's... Friday the Thirteenth three D. Oh, that one's um, fun, but uh... yeah. What else? What other three Ds? Uh, part threes. Shindler's list. Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of the most serious movie I could think of. <laughs> you no. Know, oh uh, God. Uh, I'm not. No. <sighs> Fifty Shades three. That was in three D. 
<laughs> Torpedoes and 40. Casper Drift. It was 50 Shades Freed, unless you watched the 3D version, it was 50 Shades 3D'd. Yeah. No. No? Okay. No. The three. Yeah, you could see it coming at you. It was a scary experience, so I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was dodging stuff. <laughs> Do you know the, the, the third Fifty Shades, because I had to watch them all for recently. The third Fifty Shades has a hostage. He has a hostage like situation in it. Someone gets kidnapped and there's like a ransom demand. There's nothing like that in the first movie. <laughs> like, there's nothing like that. It's not that type of story. But all of a sudden, there's like a villain with a hostage. Uh, Why not? I like to I like Dakota Johnson, but not that much. There's a bit where the villain gets arrested, and like the security guards go, "Oh, we've got nothing to tie him up with," and Dakota Johnson just goes, "Oh, we do." <laughs> Is that real? Or are you making that up? Because I don't actually. Know. No, that's real. That's real. That's that's a line. Uh, they have lots of things to bind people with because he's into kinky shit. He's got handcuffs and ties and. Bind. Likes to be bound. Yes. It was an always sunny reference. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because he doesn't get bound. He 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 binds her. I I'm I'm familiar with the premise of, he, of he, like the rest a, of the world. He's a dominant. She she's not really a submissive. He just kind of wants her to be a submissive, and he says he could be a submissive. There's like so many red flags in that first movie. Like it's it's, it's unreal. It's red flag. It should be Fifty Shades of Red Flag. That that's really what the, the damn thing should be called. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Red Flag. That's what you meant to say. Uh, 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 okay. Well, I just three. Enough Fifty Shades free. No, they don't need to hear any of this. <laughs> oh, ruin Ben and Jerry's for you, man. Don't watch it. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> Don't you do not have to worry. Uh, the morbid curiosity is starting to sink in for him, though, isn't it? <laughs> Shut up, Connor. He's you don't know me. Uh, actually, Superman's in the third one. No. <laughs> he is. <laughs> uh, I'm not lying. Tyler Hoechlin's on the third Fifty Shades okay. movie. <laughs> I was like, it's either Ralph or, or Hoechlin or the one that we don't name, because um, you know that one shows up in bad movies all the time. Oh sure, know. maybe maybe they were doing some role play as Superman. <laughs> oh boy. Uh. Uh, this is my playroom. What you mean, like Xbox and stuff? Uh, all right, that's. <laughs> You're not going to talk about the other news stories. I don't even see other ones. What was the other news stories? There was like two other books announced. Oh, go on. Let me know. Uh, so first we have a Aquaman and Flash team-up book uh, by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. With uh... artists Vasco Georgiev and Rain Barreto. Creative team's not filling me with fire. I mean, not familiar with the eyes. It's called uh, Aquaman and the Flash Void Song. Uh, they're against an alien invasion, is what it says. Um, it, it, they, they were pretty candid. It, it exists because there's a Flash movie coming out and an Aquaman movie coming out. Uh, so it's it's coming out <laughs> so that, that that it can they can yeah. have this to sell to fans of those movies. They should have called it 50, 50 flavors of H two. <laughs> it's pretty hefty though. First issue is fifty six pages. What? Yeah. That's uh, that's coming in June. Is it like a prestige series where they're all big, or is it just? It, it doesn't actually say. Okay. 
I know it's only. I'm pretty sure it's only three issues. But I mean, oh, so they're probably all double sized at least then. Probably, yeah. But uh, and then the other book. So, not so long ago we talked about uh, the Jurassic Justice League. Mm-hmm. Now we have DC Mech. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that it's 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 what it sounds like. It's the Justice League, but Gundam. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to creative team. People I've never... Uh, writer Kenny Porter, who has been doing stuff in Urban Legends, apparently. Mm-hmm. And artist Baldemar Rivas. I mean, I'll read the next show one of that. I'm PC curious. Mech begins in the aftermath of World War II as the JSA defend the planet from it, from apocalypse. Parademon soldiers use mecha technology and the JSA is defeated. Earth survives by a threat when the invading forces retreat. And then, I, uh, yeah, a different mecha suit alien arrives on Earth, one who goes by the name of Kal-El. Yeah, uh, six-issue mini stand in June. It could be fun. I, I do question if we're starting to go a little bit too far with, let's just do Justice yep. League, but they're this thing instead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're just random six-issue minis. I know. mean, yeah, it's not a big deal, but, like, I mean, between, like, obviously Deceased is great, Vampires is fun right now, but we're starting to get a lot of, we're just going to do the DC Universe, but this so, thing, this genre. But, I know, it seems like the story's there for the first two you mentioned, right? With, with you know, Deceased, we know the story's there. And with Vampires, it seems like there's a story there. Uh, as much as I love the concept of the Jurassic Justice League, it's like, okay, this is just a wild... It has, you know. That has exactly as much merit as the mech one does. I think yes. uh, it's, it only has the benefit of we heard yeah. about it first, and we're familiar I mean, let's, if it wasn't dinosaurs, if it was anything else, I wouldn't be as stoked for it. You know, yeah. I'd probably I, I, feel the same. I so. do think it hurts still pretty equally, just in the sense that we've not had... If, if it already started, we were already a couple issues in, I think yeah, it would feel like it had that early advantage. Whereas because neither one of them have started yet, it's still retroactively. They both uh, feel... I feel like you could have this as an ongoing thing, like... DC, whatever, or Justice League, yeah. whatever. Just mm. you could literally have one every month of the year, like six issue minis, and just when one ends, just replace it with the next one, and mm-hmm. you can just keep them rolling out. And you're not going to run out of concepts for a while. Let's be honest. And they'll probably, assuming they're half decent, they'll make solid trades. To just stick in the shelves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the only other news you got, Connor? Because I found something. Justice League, but Ace Hockey Team. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so Mighty Ducks, but like you got, you know, Clark's team captain. Mm. Bruce is the angry uh, one. <laughs> no, to me, Clark Clark's a, a, a goalie. You put him in there, he can't be a captain. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Batman's definitely a center. You have Flash on the wing. Flash feels like uh, a shooter to me. He feels like someone who speeds yeah, up. And, shooters, yeah. yeah, and so in hockey, shooters on the wing, uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't know what those terms mean, Matt. Yeah, so that's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, probably Green Lantern on on, uh, on the defense. Jason Todd's the one who got cut from the team. He's Adam Sandler. He's off to play golf because <laughs> he's trying to stab someone. He's got a hell skate. of a shot, but he can't skate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely the one who has a crowbar in the back pocket ready just to, yeah. to swing at someone no he's gonna take off his skate and try to stab somebody yeah <laughs> like Happy Gilmore alright what well, uh, news you got about <laughs> uh, so uh, Human Target's taking a five month break after issue 6 
Oh, right. I did. Uh, I did see that as well. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know how long the break was. I know it was coming back in yeah. September. Yeah, it's doing the same thing that Nice House on the Lake did, where they're releasing yep. the trade of the first six issues, and then the next week is the mm. first so, issue back. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just a Smallwood time. Yeah, um, he he was the one who tweeted about it and yep. was just like, yeah, DC did it so he could get ahead. That's yep. I mean so, that's fine. I mean I, from a personal perspective, like given how they've treated these previous twelve issue books, mm-hmm. I would say. I'm sure some people find just for that that the, the the two trades that are in soft cover, mm-hmm. but I think for for a lot of collectors it'll be like no, no, they'll wait for the twelve issue hardcover when yep. it, when it comes. I, I wonder if they've got any data that shows they get better sales on the back half of the series doing it this way though, because um, you'll have people who pick up that yeah. trade and then go, oh, I want to, you know, oh, the the next issue on next the, week, I'm I'm in. Yeah, the, the first book I remember doing that was I think it was Image that put it out, but it was, um, the Wake. With Snyder, mm-hmm. there was a there was a big there was a big gap, and they put like the first four issues out together. Yeah, because that, that, that was only an eight issue book, if I remember right. Yeah, so the first four, I know, because I I bought that and I gave it to my brother, uh, something to read. Do you see trying things like that again? Yeah. Um, where it, it might even be this week that it's out. There's a collect, uh, uh, I say collection, a reprinting collection of the first three issues of. Yep. Dark Knights of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, like it's not a it's not a trade. It's not like a not going to bookstores. It's still no, no, it's the first we, three. We talked about this in Solicitors, like yeah, 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 but that was obviously three months ago. Yeah. But like the idea of here's three issues in this kind of oversized thing to you know, and now you can, catch, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be almost caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll you'll be one behind. Cause obviously, issue five's coming out the same day as that collection of the first yeah. three, so you you'll have to go back and get four as well. But yeah. Shops are more likely to have four still in stock than they are one, two, and three. Yeah, it's um, it, it's tough. Like, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of things you have to kind of normalize with people. This idea that you can, you know, you you can buy a trade, then jump into the singles, or you can read the first batch digitally, then jump into this, the physical singles if you want to, or or whatever yeah. it may be. I think, but... I think Image have been doing it for a long time, where a lot of their books do their six issue arc, and then they'll take three months off. And in those three months, usually in the middle month, is where they release the trade. Do you know the problem with this, with comics, is that I think everyone who's read comics for a while has to just... Uh, eventually you make peace with the idea that you just can't have everything collected from the start. And if you do make the choice to do some special runs like that, then it's, you know, that's your your special ones that you're focusing on or whatever. Um, almost every other medium, you don't have to make that compromise with things. You know, you, you can collect entire tv runs you can collect entire movie franchises you can collect you know an entire series of books relatively I mean, easily e- even even all of those things you've mentioned have problems with print you know you know when you're running running out of print you know just i mean then, a, then you're stuck a bit more these days sure but when i was first getting into comics and like the entire prints were, you know entire runs were out of print and things like that back then like buying dvds was a very easy thing because physical media yeah. was booming at the time, for when it came mm-hmm. to other formats. Whereas, obviously, now, DVDs, CDs, like, all those things are all kind of, like, they're all dying. But there was I a time... I dead, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, CDs are, I mean, like, I mean, vinyl has a bit of a niche market, and that's it. Let's be honest. I believe, at this point. Yeah. as of recently, vinyls, um, I don't think they sell more copies, but because they cost more, they, yeah, they, well, I mean, they're worth more than the than the CDs in terms oh, I'm of not, I have no doubt about that, but when I say niche, I mean just niche compared to everyone listening to it on well, a music service. 
Right. Um, well, it's definitely niche compared to that. Oh, yeah. Well, because yeah. there's, there's a collector's mentality. Yeah. Um, so they have gorgeous artwork on them. They are, and they, they look really cool. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I still don't like having to bust out the record player with the shitty speakers when I can just pop up my phone, you know? Still support your favorite artist, guys, though, because I just saw that streaming what people make off of streams. Oh, oh it's man. It's it makes me so sad. Yeah, also, uh, is. on the same subject, support your favorite podcasters and YouTubers uh, by yeah. uh, liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications, or financially directly over at patreon.com slash TV. That was an easy lead in. That was, a... <laughs> that was. <laughs> it was an easy lead in. But, uh, uh, I, I like the assumption and the, the, the bold claim there that, that we're their favorite podcasters. Of course we they're are. Better. Yeah. The rest of them are all chumps. Whoever else you're listening to, yeah. they're second yeah. to us. Except for the guy from American History it. Tellers. He's pretty cool. We're not my favorite podcasters. Well, no, because <laughs> we know each other. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I can't imagine Pete being someone's favorite podcaster. I think there's a select people that they could. I'd like Tim. He's probably Tim's favorite. <laughs> sure. What? I was going to say maybe maybe Tim is someone's favorite, and that would be more understandable. Wait, Tim, is that your favorite? What's this? I I, I am being sullied right now uh, by these two assholes. Besmirched. Um, uh, um, yeah, but no, seriously, I mean, if you, if everyone's curious about uh, like ad revenue on YouTube, like you know, you you get thousands of views and you make like a dollar, <laughs> like that's like, yeah, you know, and that's if you're lucky. Yeah, you know, that, that's that's uh, that's upper end at times. So that's all right. I got annoyed this week by some TikTok people getting selected by Disney to go do their stupid Galactic Star Cruiser, and it's just like TikTok influencers. Influencers. They are paid. And that's not to say these people don't work hard at what they do, but they basically just get views off of talking about Star Wars and Marvel. And then they get invited to red carpets and, you know, sure, maybe a little of it's envy. What, what you're saying is, it's... where's our red carpet, DC? Yeah. I don't like, like, you know, I, I don't think it's selling out if you have, like, an ad on a podcast. I mean, you can overdo no. it, obviously, if you have, like, Ted or something with that. But if someone wants to sponsor us, like, I'll tell, yeah. I'll tell you about Manscaped for 30 seconds. <laughs> Shoot, I would love to do a live read. <laughs> I'll let you do it if we get a sponsor but I'll let you do the live reads if you really yeah, want to sponsors please <laughs> guys <laughs> I mean, I'm let me a coffee company please I will shill the hell out of your coffee but there's definitely it's, it's true he will especially if you give him even, just, just even one small free sample and he will not shut up about it I mean, obviously, there's a few yeah. things that I would morally object to for some, yes, you know, the, you know, for some shady company. You know, we, we have but... a line, but like, Manscape would be worth would be worth it. Coffee would be worth it. Energy drinks, as long as it's good. Like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it, doesn't, you know? it doesn't have to be good. Like Matt, Matt will suck it up and see how good it is, no matter how bad it is. <laughs> it tastes like a tire fire. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do you, want, do you want a new Helix mattress? That's that's the one that's all the rage at the minute. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's, I hear Manscaped occasionally. The other one that I hear probably the most, well, it's died down a little bit, is uh, Squarespace. I feel like for a while, every podcast and YouTuber was advertising yeah. Squarespace. Yeah. Oh. 
Which, which you know, in some ways, and I'm like, I don't want to turn off advertisers here, but in some ways, I heard Squarespace so much that now I never ever want to go to Squarespace out of spite for how much I had to hear about I mean, Squarespace. Be real though, they do make it look very easy. Um, so Stop! They've not paid us yet, Matt! already and we don't know about it. They've not paid us yet, Matt! Shut up! I'm just saying, uh, to all my favorite YouTubers, uh, if I can't trust them, who can I trust? <laughs> what is it? Money talks. Uh... <laughs> also, I talk In conclusion, we will sell up. I've I have talked for free for six years, okay? I, I have heard, uh, like, people offering advertising slots on podcasts, and sometimes like, one person who's just, you know, makes enough of a living that they take the slot and will just put in, like, a silly message to read, like, every episode. Just, like, just yeah. read this silly thing. <laughs> but it's not advertising anything, but they just buy the slot anyway. What did I say? Oh, I can't wait. Next time Tim has... <laughs> Tim has a comic to promote. I'm having him do this. <laughs> Are you so going to charge to... Tim? Because I'm not going to lie, Matt. Hey, I would. Tim, um... Tim pays for all his, his artists. He pays for all his yeah. other stuff. Yeah. He'll pay for advertising as well. Like, yeah. I'm happy to give my screams after him and they cost some free advertising on the show, okay? Yeah, but like, come on. Tim's going to be more successful than anybody we know. You alright? He, he can pay up front. Mil- milk him while you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty soon he's gonna he's gonna break through and then he's gonna forget about us. Actually, that's not true. Tim treats his friends great, but you know I'm just I'm just trying to manifest for him. Uh, uh, Malcolm, like his favorite scene in Hagazesa when the woman starts getting horny when she's milking the goat. I'm I'm really glad you weren't going for another Fifty Shades reference. No, yeah, no. me too. <laughs> I really thought right. that's you were going. So now now the human target uh, is, <laughs> is having a break. Um, yeah. Let's talk about some comics. Let's talk about some comics. That's a good idea. Um, if you'd like to hear more about Hagazusa, uh, me and Tim did review it on Screams After Midnight. You can go for, go go search that, that on like YouTube. That's a fake movie. It's a German movie. That's why oh, the name's okay. About. That sounds like it a fake well movie. Fake. <laughs> it was just it was funny because there's this this sort of vaguely erotic scene with the goat, and you know we all know Tim's reputation for really liking goats, so. He is the goat man. And he watched it before I did, and he just tweeted these, he's like, there's a scene in this movie that like, Peter's going to make fun of me for, and I started rubbing my hands going, oh, what is it? What is it? And then I watched the movie, and we get to this scene where she starts, like, that she's, like, milking the goat, and she starts to look like she's enjoying it a bit much, and I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, I, dear. I, I know that feeling that Tim had there. Every time I watch something that has some sort of terrible ginger in that we're going to be reviewing, <laughs> and I watch it first, I'm like, god damn it. Uh, it's been a while, but also if the phrase diplomatic immunity shows up, you t- tend to squirm. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about comics. Uh, so, let's start off the week, which we've done with the last, like, eight weeks at this point. Detective <laughs> Comics 1054, Mariko Tamaki writing with Max Rayner on the art. And this is the issue where we bubble up to the the breaking point where like the situation starts, the crisis starts at the end of the issue. Um, I kind of liked how it it's framed it with um, like they're having this party to celebrate that they're getting funding. They've got 
they got well limited press coming in as as they point out mm-hmm. uh but i, I love that we early on there should we have this party planner who's like getting because i was i was kind of like laughing i was freaking out at the balloons and like no red's bad red's danger red's yeah that's not like celebration uh i really kind of dug this kind of like the, the winding down of the clock vibe and the party crashes are showing up just as penguin wants his money just as like everything's coalescing at the same time and it really gave it the it really felt like everything would be building these last like six or seven issues all just kind of came together mm-hmm. at one time and uh of course psycho pirate it's when the, the party crashes come in it's just too many people for him to control and he he loses it uh, yep. And I think I think the way the issue sort of presents the various bits of danger to everyone is quite well done. I like how yeah. as well you got this, this tangled web of different groups that Ware's been playing with. So mm-hmm. you've got the uh, what the clown squad called party, party crashers. Party crashers. Party crashers. You got penguin stuff going on, and they're not working together. You know, you've got this like you know, thing. Oh, no, they're going to ruin our plans. Mm. Uh, Where's freaking out and like, okay, just just one more hour. Come on, we got this. The whole thing, it, it kind of has this real nice bouncing around. Kevin Garnett has his opal. He really, really needs it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they've got patients like, like serving the guests to try and show off like, how healthy <laughs> yeah. they are, which is just That's... a great idea. Because even, thing... even if it was really working, it's still a terrible idea. Oh, yeah, it's a terrible I, idea. I like how Ware knew that this was on the edge of happening and was like, it's fine, we'll go ahead with it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and we it... Have avulsion serving hors d'oeuvres. Uh. <laughs> yeah, to Nakano's wife as well, which is the, like, you know, it says some other innocent civilian who's in there, who's, you know, it's unlike the Bat family, because Stephanie, Huntress, they, they can, to an extent, take care of themselves, right. they can protect themselves. But you got Nakano's wife in there, so you have, like, this personal tie. And I think, you know, this run's done a little bit, especially in this story, just to sort of set up that... Nakano is concerned for his wife, and it's just there's someone innocent to be in there. Steph goes in as well after they've dealt with the party crashers mm-hmm. who attacked them uh, undercover to try and get to Dick because Dick's not responding because he's been manipulated by Psycho Pirate at this point. It's, right. th- it's not until Psycho Pirate uses control later in the issue where Dick sort of snaps back into it and uh, starts calling out and like. Uh, also, Penguin eating the fish. Uh, yeah, I I low key love that. That is shades of Devito's. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I am not a fan of Batman Returns, but for some reason, I enjoyed this any, reference too. And yeah, anytime they can make Cobblepot seem like a, a nasty, you know, like I, I I'm not a fan of when they just play him up as a rich guy. I like that he's slightly unhinged that he eats raw fish like that. Um, so uh, makes makes him worthy of being in the the Rogues Gallery for Batman. I I, I think I like the idea that he. Obviously, like Batman Returns made him like actually kind of this weird mutant, but yeah, I like the idea that he is just self conscious about his height and about how he looks, mm-hmm. and he just he's overcompensating by being yeah. this angry little man all but the he's time. Deranged and plays into the character so much, yeah. yeah. Raw fish. He leans into it, yeah. Uh, so hey, you think we're gonna see uh, uh, Colin Farrell eating eating a fish hole? I'm not expecting it, but yeah. I, I, I would, I mean, I would pop for it. If he does it, yeah. I just, I just like the idea that he's so method. He insists. I don't even know if, if Colin Farrell is method, but that reason, like, you don't have to eat the fish. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to. You know. Yeah. What would the method approach be for when he made the lobster? Like, what, what was he doing in that to like 
Again, the character. I, I believe this is where you quote. I think it was Laura's Olivier goes, "My dear man, have you tried acting?" Yes. Uh, isn't that isn't that from Marathon Man? Because Dustin Hoffman like kept himself up all night, so he'd look tired the next day for, yes. the, for, the, for this big scene, and he's just kind of like, "There's this thing we do. It's called acting. Just, yeah. <laughs> just act. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's fine." Um, but yeah, so it all bubbles up. I, I love how everything kind of comes together, and Psycho Pirate loses control finally. And it does that thing where Anna Volshin just walks up behind the Cano's wife and it's like, oh dear. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she's immediately in danger. Uh, Dr. Ware's on stage. He's just giving his, like... It's the start of his speech. You know, he's just starting this show, this presentation. And the party crashers are walking up and pulling out their guns. Um, but they get interrupted briefly because the other guy... Uh, the Siphon. Siphon, that's the one. Uh, kills the party planner dude. And it's like, oh shit. Like what, everything's just kicking off, and you, you hear like Steph saying, "Oh, we got a body down. A civilian's been killed," mm-hmm. and it just it feels like shit's hitting the fan, and in a way that you can only do if you've spent time building up all these threads, uh, mm-hmm. and then eventually we see them all kind of like just hit each other at the same time. Uh, so it's neat uh, fun. Weird, weird visual with Mister Freeze holding an actual gun and not his freeze gun. Mm. Um, and. I'm hoping there's going to be like a, a turn with him because I, I do like the idea of sympathetic Mr. Freeze. So the fact like he's actually there for, to, you know, I, you could you could make the argument of because he was help. being mind controlled by Psychopower is, you know, to be mm-hmm. docile. Right now it, it's he's overcompensated, not intentionally, but more like mm-hmm. all of them, like they snap out of it pretty harshly. So they can yeah. go a bit more than they normally would, which is why they all immediately go crazy. Right. Well, it just. Well, I'm just saying with Freeze, he takes a gun off of uh, one of the party crashers. Yeah. So just, just kind of like the idea that he wants to be, he's not like them where they're going to go crazy and just start yeah. killing people. I mean, notably, you know? he doesn't do anything with it. He just takes it no. as if, you know, maybe this is just for protection because he knows he's going to have mm-hmm. a hard time escaping. Yeah. Uh, maybe he will do something kind of shades of heroic at some point yeah. to protect the civilian or something, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, you know, I just like the idea of that maybe being in play, and it might be completely off, you know, but it, it's just that there's a striking vid- uh, visual. Mm. Uh, I also kind of love that this turns, because, you know, eventually uh, I think it's the, the way Batwoman phrases it to to Nakano, because she, she's with Nakano trying to talk him out of giving mm-hmm. this money over to Thingy. And she says, oh, the patients have taken the tower. It's a hostage situation now. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like how this, by this point, is actually starting to make me think of like Arkham Asylum, because the whole point of that story is mm-hmm. that the patients take at the asylum and they have the request to send in Batman. Now, this story's playing out very differently. It's got different goals and so on. Right. But just that core element, that idea that the patients take over and take the hostages of everyone yeah. who was inside. But here it's worse because there was a party with civilians and some right. press and, and whoever also else. The fact that it's not any of the... It's mostly not the big names. Yeah, right. Fr- Freeze is the only... Yeah, because really, they were yeah. all let go, slash escaped, slash died, yeah. allegedly, in the yeah, days. From- from A Day, yeah. Which um, mean, which means it's open season. Like we don't know which one of them are going to live yeah, or si- die or whatever. Siphon's new. Um, and Avulsion's new. They get, Siphon, get dropped uh, out with, the window. Who seems to have teleporting powers? Because man, he mm-hmm. gets up to that office quick. Yeah, that's probably one of my only problems that I have really at the back half of this is we see him kind of at the party with everyone else because he has the big page you know, where he stabs the guy. Yeah, and then 
he's still down there and it seems like this is all happening pretty quickly like almost simultaneously that we're hearing this conversation and then he's up in Ware's office with the gun to his head it doesn't feel like any time really passed it felt like it was pretty quick I don't know quite how he got that I mean so it says magic user who can copy powers that's from comic vine um, there you go. Well, I mean, looking at the actual comic, though, he's face-to-face -face <laughs> with Ware at the party, and then there's one panel of Ware running away saying what the hell is happening. Well, I mean, it's not even be him, actually. Um, so That's not Ware, no. Yeah, so, you, so I guess what I'm saying is, is if you're complaining that he's teleported, then so is Ware. So at least he's consistent with the other person in the scene. Is that Ware earlier in the scene? Uh, what? Yeah, you might be right. Cause, yeah, because where was on yeah. stage, and then I think it's him that he's he's looking at when he's holding the knife, and he says his hold is broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe it's meant to be later because it that that point where he's given the party the the speech of the party. Um, the the next page you can see the windows in the roof, and it looks pretty daylight. Yeah. And then at the end, it looks pretty dark and late and, and maybe some time's passed that we've yeah, not really I think got. yeah maybe this is just the, the book's way of saying hey we're at this event because this is what we started with we remember him at a window mm -hmm. we remember him going out the window either way if it's not a case of siphon teleporting which fair enough I think either way it's some poor a little bit poor storytelling in the structure in that I, I didn't quite grasp that if there was time that had passed here you didn't really play that way it felt like it was you know all happening here in one run of like you know one run of events in, in a matter of minutes at most and now there's maybe it's not it's a little bit unclear to me uh, i never even occurred to me it never like stuck out in my mind it just flowed for me because it, that was the end of the book was saying hey we're at this point now we're, we're at this event um it, i never even thought about the logistics of it until you started nitpicking mm. at it there um i'm sorry for noticing well no because the, the doors get all locked so i mean there is the that he just followed where into the safe house, you know, and all the chaos. And that's why they're, they're up there. Cause you'd have to imagine that where would have like panic rooms or walled off areas. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. I guess that's just what I'm saying. No. Uh, but no, I, I really like the, everything coming together in this one. And, uh, it, it just, it, it, I wasn't even sure it was going to happen by the end of this issue, but I, I got, like, really fun vibes at the start when it was like, oh, we're having this big, like, celebration with people coming. And I was like, oh, this is when it's all going to go down, right? I didn't know if it was going to be this issue. I thought maybe it'll, you know, maybe maybe next issue before we actually get to it. Turned out it was this issue. But as soon as that started happening, it kind of felt like, oh, no, this is when it's going to happen. It's when all these extra people are going to be here to make it more dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, plus, I think there was... Like, Back in the first issue of the arc, there was like reference to that Stephanie might be somewhere inside the building. Um, yeah. So this, you know, sets that up. She is here. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Where they go with it. And this is this is the second act break, right? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Which means yeah. presumably a new artist next week. Yeah. Yeah, I'd expect so. Where? Well, we can... I mean, I haven't checked, but uh, we had yeah. four, four with with Reese, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd four expect Reese, four trainer. I'd expect. Uh, I'll have a quick peek, but... Um... Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Um... Yeah, it's going to be uh, Fernando... Bl no, that's the no, backup. It's, the backup. Uh, backup. it's, the it's uh, New Alpin. Yeah. yeah. That's not too bad. No. Yeah. I was like, we're getting a whole issue of Blanc... No. Um, they they grouped Rosenberg and him first, probably because of 
alphabetical. Um, yeah, I wouldn't read into the order. They always have them just in some yeah. whatever weird order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I had a good time with this. And uh, I think one of the things, because Rainer's the one who's mainly drawn Psycho Pirate just because of when he's been in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really liked Psycho Pirate's like, expressions because he's obviously the, mostly the blank mask, but yeah. just the he's eyes underneath. a lot with the, the eyes. The eyes, yeah. yeah. The expressiveness. There's, like a, there's a panel near the end of him looking up and kind of scared. Um, it's it's where Dick says siphon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so far as like looking up, and there's like a, a bit of like shock and fear. It's, it's really effective. Yeah. But there's a lot of good little moments of that in here. Um, and of course, the, the uncut gemsness of, <laughs> of, uh-huh. of Weir's. Like, his getting frantic because he's on the phone to Cobblepot at the start of the issue saying, You'll get your money. Don't worry. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm going to pay up. And it kind of feels like you're really pushing it because, like, it's going to take a day to get this money and run. And you clearly aren't planning on p- paying Penguin. You, you, you want to get away. Uh, but we're seeing Penguin's men, like, watch the situation. And like you said, like, the party crashes are going in, and then Penguin's like, Wait, they're going to mess up us getting our money. Like, stop them from killing them. I want my money. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, good fun. All good fun stuff. Uh, so, the backup, uh, which obviously we've been enjoying as well, uh, yeah. we're still in Nightfall territory yeah. uh but in particular the part where jean paul is taken over as batman uh, speaking of unhinged <laughs> well i mean i'll just say that jean paul in this like asriel is such a screw up and <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> later in this. i mean he always was right uh, yeah but he always yeah. was but this is he, a pro- he was never meant to be batman this I'll, is I like how because uh, tim is talking to to the kid mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know, the guy I work for. And he means, oh, you mean Batman? He's like, well, I mean, it's a bit complicated. Right now, And then yeah. Azrael shows up, and it's like, ah, yeah, complicated. <sighs> which... Yeah, so, so Bruce basically gives Tim the job of going and finding this kid, which they notably hide his name, because it's like a mugshot, yeah. and they have the speech bubble over it. I'm like, you cheeky mm-hmm. bastards. Uh, but he's like, no, this, this is not because he's dangerous. This is because this is a mistake. This is something that I should have fixed. I want you to go and find him. We need to help him. And so it's like, okay, so Bruce has still got obviously these intentions. This, this kid's fallen through the cracks of even his attention. Because, I mean, let's mm-hmm. face it, we're in Nightfall now. Everything that's happened since this kid was first introduced in the timeline to now. Is this making anyone else want to reread Nightfall? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, so basically, Gotham's in chaos right now. And Elliot's going to get him and the, the ginger kid get out. Him out. And Tim shows up saying and immediately else oh he's going to try and kill us i stop him so they start fighting tim and tim's like i'm not trying to hurt you i'm here to help you uh and tim's just starting to talk him down like he's finally just starting to make him like turn over the knife and that's when asriel as you know his batman version like jumps in and he's like you're a fugitive from arkham you're coming in yeah how, how to prove a kid who's already scared of batman that he should be terrified of batman yeah show up as well, asriel uh, <laughs> basically asriel's robocop and you just told him dead or alive, you're coming with me. Right, pretty much. I there's just this and you know, this ends really badly where Asriel throws a couple of sharp batarangs at the kid. One hits him in the back of the leg, he gets another one in his back, and then he falls over the bridge onto the road. And I mean I'm sure he's not dead, but he looks pretty you know, like you could yeah. you could have bought this as maybe a death scene, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that we still yeah. have more story. And this is like this this story has repeatedly shown villains showing this kid concern. 
He's been scared of Batman, and we know Batman actually is concerned. We know Batman is, shouldn't be scary yeah, to him for all these is. reasons. But then you have this demented version of Batman showing up and showing him no sympathy, no compassion, just because stabbing been, him. Because he's been <laughs> off the streets, he had no idea that this was what yeah, Batman right. had turned into. Yeah. So he is just like, this is the Batman of my nightmares. Right. It's... Right, and it seemed like it's been uh, enough time too, right? Because his hair looks shaggier. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I forget how long Nightfall is supposed to take place over, but you know, Bruce is in the right. Yeah, Bruce is in the wheelchair. All it know. was, it was like a year in comics, I think, somewhat. You know, in terms of real time. Yeah. But I don't know so, how long it was in. Yeah, continuity. so some time has passed with this kid in hiding. So yeah. Um. Uh. But also, who who okayed the 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 religious zealot to have a battering gun? Like, uh, I think that was money. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that that's what happens when you when you don't tax churches. Yeah. yeah true. True. But uh, that's what it leads to. Batarang guns. That's what it leads to. Yeah, that's what it leads to. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, and then yeah, it does seem like a death scene, and just with with Tim looking over him on the last page and going, "What did I do? I was supposed to help him, or what did you do?" I don't know what it says about me, but it's almost getting darkly funny to me. Like, just how much this kid keeps getting screwed <laughs> John, over John inadvertently by is, Batman. He is cricket from Always Sunny. Uh, <laughs> a more serious he... way, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel like this kid is the spirit of Gotham. You know? And it just... Batman's kind of screwing him over unintentionally. You know? But every time... It's, it's escalation, right? From, from the end of Batman Begins. Um, and now he's got a battery in his back, and he fell off of a of a bridge. Yeah, hey, I got more Batman Begins references coming later. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't know if that's a perfect analogy, just because all the villains keep trying to help him, and I don't know if the villains. No, necessarily... no, no, I just mean that. <laughs> but it, but it just seems like you know, like like Bane, you know, he he tried to help the kid by being stronger, you know. Um, and now Azrael just scared the shit out of him again. Um. And but I do like the fact that like outside of Joker, so far all of the Bat Rogues have been nothing but kind and compassionate for the most part. I mean Zaz did try to stab him. And in their um, own way, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Clayface in in Scarecrow, you know, um Penguin. Penguin, you know, Bane. He's you know, but but yeah, but it's it's the Batman that keeps causing him the most misfortune. Um Yeah. And what was bad though, it's all not being really true. It's just from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And in this right. one, the one time Batman directly attacks him and stabs him, it's not actually him. <laughs> it's it's yeah, someone else in a bat suit. God, Jean Paul sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somewhere there's an Azrael fan with their fist in the air going, Damn you! <laughs> Bro, I'm a Guy Gardner fan. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right. Yeah, speaking uh, of characters who suck, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, get to rating Detective Comics, shall we? Um, what are you giving the main story, Matt? An eight. Very good. Uh, Connor? Yeah, I'll give it the eight. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll even go 8.5. I'm feeling very high on that main story. Um, but then backups, I suppose, as well. Should rip around Con- uh, Matt? Uh, yeah, this one an eight as well. Connor, eight point five. Oh, straight eight for me to on this one too. I, I do like how it's really tied. It's like at first it didn't seem like it was, but as this went on, it's really tied into continuity of Batman. 
over yeah. time. So well, I feel like this is also Rosenberg giving us like a, a whistle stop, a whistle stop tour of modern Batman continuity, like you mm. just said. I also think this is an another example proving you can do ten page stories, yeah, and be effective. He's like Rosenberg's really good at these smaller stuff. Like, um, I'm excited to see where he goes after this. You know, if they give him a, a bigger book. But between this and and his um, his his, I always forget the name of that book. Um, help me out here, guys. You're gonna have to give me something to go on. Like what? Uh, what Urban what? Legends. Oh yeah, uh, his grifter story. No, yeah, his, his urban legend stuff, and um, <laughs> yeah. I think I it just appears that the you know the uh like the, the digital first stuff that they did mm. that were like essentially ten page stories. Yeah. I I don't think it's a matter of a format that was a problem because this and you yeah. know where Ram V is just sleep dark, for example, mm. it's really proven you can get a good amount of story into these ten pages. I mean, even Ram V's story in the um. Urban Legends right now. The, but the it's White a different Witch format, one. though. These aren't the same format as those. But they, essentially, they are. It's no, just... they're not. I mean, they are. They're 10-page stories. There's both to it than just both how many pages there are. There are, there, there are 10 half-pages, practically, on those digital Well, no, they're 20 half-pages. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> Which is 10 pages. He would be with math. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Okay, sure. All right. In that case, I suppose they're similar, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, Rosenberg's a name that I was kind of familiar with some, from some friends that were reading more of his indie stuff, and so when he came in, I was like, "Well, I'll try it," and he really seemed to love Grifter, right? And I was like, "Okay, this, this, you know, this was a, a I like good it. story." I think we all kind of like that up until the last issue of that, where it yeah. was like, "Yeah, mm. we're not Wildstone fans," so this kind of yeah. lost us. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, I, I think it's what's interesting though is this being a backup makes it more accessible and more like mm -hmm. I, I think if this was a digital first, I mean, I, even if I tried it, I probably wouldn't have kept up with it because I always forget they exist. Yeah. And they never, they never feel well, like they pull me back in continuously. I like, I do like backups, even if I'm not reading them. Like the, you know, it, it takes nothing if you, they're gonna charge me more for the pages anyways. Like at least put something there so it seems like you're getting, you know something out of it um this so that's maybe a flawed logic because i mean and but going with this there could be like 10 pages of like just like tom king artwork at the end of a book it's like well it's 10 more pages that's supposed to be a slight because i would pay extra for that <laughs> uh did you see he's this doing a signing CGC, yeah yeah he's doing a signing with uh cgc but they're they're charging for a, a sketch but you can't pick what the sketch is so, so it's like i think it's like like $135 or something. Yeah, it's $135, but it's a custom Tom King sketch, but he gets to pick what it is. It took me a second um, there. You said CGC, but I heard CGC, CGC. and I thought that oh, was yeah, a no. really weird, like, why did I say it at the CDC? Because <laughs> he's, he's in DC. What, what else is he going to do it? Um, it's a very safe but, place. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really, really funny. Um, but yeah. But no, like, even, even like the, you know, some of the ones that pop up in action in Superman when they were, I don't always read them, but, you know, I'm spending 4 or $5 for a book anyways, so at least they're trying to give you something extra, versus just jacking up the price, so... I mean, and, a lot of the time I'd rather them not have it, because I, 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 I don't read as many as I... I, I, I read less than I don't, you know. 
So I only read a couple of them out of all the books that have them. Mm -hmm. I would probably rather pay for this as a hypothetically as a digital mm -hmm. first, right? Uh, you know, and, and just get it weekly as a separate thing and enjoy that and not have a backup in tech and it'd be a dollar cheaper. And then I can choose to spend that dollar on these digitally first if I wanted to. That that's the ideal scenario. You can just spend that dollar on that new cryptocurrency that Matt's setting up. No. Don't you besmirch my name with that BS. Oh, that was too far, Pete. There's a new line yeah. of Matt NFTs coming, don't worry. No, no, they better not be. <laughs> what do no. Matt NFT look like? I do gotta say, Matt. one of my favorite memes is <laughs> all my apes are gone. Anytime I see all my apes are gone, I laugh maniacally. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. All right, let's move on, shall we? Action Comics 1040 is up next, and this, is, of course, is Philip Kennedy Johnson mm -hmm. rating with Ricardo Federici on the art. And, I mean, so some runs are special, and they feel special when you're in them, and I don't think anything about this issue takes away the special <laughs> feeling that we've been having with this in one. In fact, I would say this one makes it that much more, to, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I don't really disagree with, with that. I, mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, it's continuing the themes we've had, which is Superman trying to, like, convince the, the Warzones that they shouldn't believe in the, the, the worship of Mongol, that they shouldn't believe mm -hmm. in the Iron and the rest of it, that they had lives before they came here, or at least their, their predecessors had lives before they came here, mm -hmm. and that they should want freedom and they should want these things. Um opening scene big battle is playing out uh in the in the arena and mongol comes out and there's these two uh Philosians, brother and sister who like clark is talking about in his narration he's talking about how they're there for each other and these, these are exactly the sort of people that he's trying to reach mm -hmm. uh but they, they, they've been here a long time they they do buy into mongol's teachings they are kind of brainwashed and when mongol comes out and the older sister's like Hey, look! Look, we did good today. We we earned some iron. We're proper warzones, but like you, and he's like, "Well, if you're a warzone, then kill your brother." As yeah. I as I killed my father, you know, kill kill your brother, and she's like, "Huh? I'm not. I don't." And she's you know she's just stunned, and then he's like, "Well, you little boy, you kill your big sister," and they I can't. Her head. Yeah, and they can't do it. Uh, so he goes to kill them, and Clark, you know, jumps in and I, tries to protect. I, them. I love him. Yeah, uh, uh, I see no warzone. I see only two little grubs. Worming in the sands of the arena. It uh, so up to this um, point, Matt. Did you get vibes of the uh, Vader down? I uh, yo, uh -huh. I, I see only dead men. I only see dead men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say up up to this point, like like yeah, we'd seen Mongol do some really messed up stuff, but he didn't feel like a like he was more like of a presence than a character, right? Here though, he just he fully became like I don't say the villain of the story because he is, but. He just, I can't wait to see Superman beat him now. Like, fully go with... It, it, it neatly all goes back to that uh, Future State issue, when Superman was mm -hmm. up in the chains, and the, he was kind of, yeah. and he was saying, hey, you know, I will break you, Superman, and, and so on, and Superman's like, no, I am going to win. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take, I am yeah. going to take you down. And, yeah, and in, in his, in Superman's, uh, like, narration, he talks about, like, it's this is going to be his biggest challenge yet because on war world kindness is cruelty and cruelty is kindness 
that you know and and because of that he doesn't understand it and because that's not how he thinks and in order to change the way that they think about it that's how he's gonna end up defeating mongol right he's gonna have to change this entire culture from what they've learned and that's why it's gonna be his greatest challenge and so like i like the undercurrent on this is is the other um the other Philosian that, that's talking to him that looks like uh, from Game of Thrones, Ser Jorah, um, England. He uh, he's like, you gotta stop. You're giving him hope. That's the worst thing you can do here. And just just have Superman basically kind of look at him and go, as long as there's hope, we're 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 gonna win. And just no matter what Superman looks at, you know, he's gonna find a way to you know find that hope because as long as there's hope, there's a chance. Um, yeah, I yeah, mean, just... the, you know, that's the early scene where Mongol goes to kill these siblings and Superman jumps in and he fights Mongol. Like, Mongol's mm-hmm. kind of laughing and smiling through some of this because Superman's kind of proving his point to him is that mm-hmm. he's making these people weak because he's there to protect them. So they're not mm-hmm. strong. They're not, you know, that's, that's, why, that's what the, the, that saying even means that ki- right. kindness is, is cruel and cruel is kind mm-hmm. because you're being cruel is kind because you're teaching people to be stronger Soft. to be able to fight alive. back yeah right um and obviously it's like going against these teachings of exactly the sort of thing that he's going to have but one of the things that's noble though is that the crowd start chanting for superman not by name uh, superman says this up in his it's, narration earlier there's a yeah, phrase yeah. a war zone phrase that basically means you have no blood on your your yeah. weapon or sword or whatever uh, it's a unblooded sword and it's balina gal yeah which that is my new favorite Superman nickname. I, I, I love all the linguistic stuff. It, it, it only yeah. occurred to me this issue, well, because we were talking about this, you know, right. the, this, this phrase that Warzone is. I'm assuming it's a play on Dragoon, and the blank faces mean you're not familiar. It was a type of soldier in like the oh. 16, 1700s. Okay, I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I just, why wouldn't? It? Yeah, because. It it took me a couple issues to realize that a war zone is an inhabitant of war world, and you know. But but the idea of right the, the way I'm seeing it now, you know, having you know having had that realization, mm-hmm. is the implication being you know, they're all soldiers, it's, you know, the warrior class. Mm-hmm. They're they're all in, meant to be this strong and you know, meant to fight like that. Even the ones who are, you know, they're they're, they're all prisoners. They're you know maybe they're smiths, whatever. They're still expected to be soldiers at the end of the day because it's. War world, right? That's the point, right? Yeah, but so they're chanting his this you know this phrase at Superman. The idea being that Superman, by standing up to Mongol, he is starting to convert enough people that there are some chants coming out in his support. And it's when uh, what's his name here? The the other little dude, uh, Chetel. Oh, Chetel, thank you. Right, yeah. so so when Mongols are walking back out of the arena and you can sort of see the chance, and it, you know if you've seen Gladiator, you can, a lot of this imagery is very familiar. They're walking mm-hmm. back in from the even just a, a touch before we move on to this next part of the scene, uh, the lettering uh, on uh, Suman is down, you know, as they're chanting, and he, he's saying something to, to Mongol about how you know you know the the people are going to be on my side ultimately. You know, they're, they're going to prove you wrong, but just the because he's he's like you know he's completely out of it. He's been absolutely decimated by Mongol. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lettering with the the squiggly bubbles and the, the words yeah. kind of just being like a little bit floaty. I think it just is fantastic it just in, in terms of the craft of it. So Mongo comes in and Shetel says, please, Lord, kill him. Can you see that there's already talk of rebellion around War World that you have to... He's like, 
what, make him a martyr? Are you, are you a fool? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he does, you know, it ties into some plot stuff because he says, mm-hmm. look, I've got plans for United Planets and that, 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 whatever those plans are, Superman needs to be alive. So it gives us a plot reason why, right. even if he gets angry at Superman, even if he is tempted to kill him mm-hmm. because he's slighted at some he, point, there is a, there's a reason why he will still resist doing it, at least to a point. And that's good from a plot perspective because it gives us a reason, you know, because there mm-hmm. might be points in this story where we go, you know, it feels like he probably should just try and kill him now. Uh, but there's a reason why he won't. Uh, so I think that's important to, to kind of mention and bring up. Um, Omak is trying to be conditioned and coerced into helping mm-hmm. uh, by basically with the, the promise that they can b- bring uh, Light Ray back. Um, which is, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of this like emotional torture as opposed to some of the other torture that's going on around Warworld. Yeah. And maybe uh, it'll work. We don't know yet. It may, you know, it leaves on a bit of a cliffhanger and just the emotion of the scene. Uh, I love the colouring change, though, when you go to that, because obviously it's all these harsh oranges and yellows mm-hmm. in the first scene, and then you go to this scene, and it's like just this blue glow of the light that Light Ray has been sort of held, this, like, you know, force field or whatever it is that's that's holding her. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, really nice contrast. And then you go to the muted greens of the prison cells and the, the, the cave system and all that. I like mm-hmm. how consistent these colours have been as well, that it's not not just in this issue, but issue to issue is like I don't know. Yeah. The prison cells are these greens. The 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 gladiator arenas are the, those oranges, and it's you you can tell where you are in a scene. You know where where a scene's taking place on Warworld now just by the coloring. Yeah, uh, and Clark's telling the siblings like, you know, it's like you 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 your your parents or whoever came here, they or your parents weren't they weren't warriors. They were they were scientists. They were explorers, and you know this was all about you know discovery and peace and all these different things about truth and justice right he, he whips out mm-hmm. the old superman phrases and everything mongols taught you is a lie and it's kind of like he's trying to break through to them a little bit and obviously they're they're distraught about what's happened that day and there's even a point in this scene where one of them still says no we're going to be good war zones and it's, it's it really sounds delusional at this point given what mongol tried to mm-hmm. get them to do each other mm-hmm. and then that mongol was about to kill them this idea that there's still part of them that's trying to impress Mongol is really sad. Uh, but the idea that Superman might be starting to break through a little bit. Uh, but that, that's when the other uh, Philozine says, hey, like, trust me, I'll come and show you something. Um, yeah. uh, but just as he's leaving, the siblings, you know, say Superman, and he turns around and they say truth and justice. And it's like, maybe he's starting to break through to some people. Mm-hmm. That, that like, the idea that he's showing them compassion, which is something, again, that's very alien to them in this place, but maybe the the strength of it starting to kind of come through yeah. in a way that it wasn't before. I think um, my favorite part of that, you know, you, you mentioned them saying truth and justice, is it's not as he's leaving. It's actually like the next scene, essentially. It's it's times past, because it says that night. At the oh, true, page. yeah. And I like that more, the idea that, They've been sat thinking on this all day, and uh, you know the next time they see him, they were like, "No, no, no!" You know, they 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 made a point to say it to him then. Yeah, yeah, it, it works in this way. Like, even if it's not what they're intent, they're consciously thinking about this idea that they're giving him this little. You know, if he's feeling in a bad place, if he's feeling like dragged down with the weight of this responsibility that he's not having an effect, the idea that them sit, sort of showing that, hey, you actually did touches in some way there, like it worked a little bit like that's yeah, almost a little bit of hope for him the reverse pep talk isn't yeah. it yeah mm-hmm. uh so that's no, nice uh 
So yeah, we get to see some uh, wonderful imagery. I love the two-page spread of these giant worms that are beneath the, the cave system, uh, which mm-hmm. are making the atmosphere for everyone. They breathe out the... Well, uh, I assume oxygen's in there, but probably a yeah. number of things. Uh, yeah, whatever makes up the atmosphere, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like these... Th- I, I love that this has been set up, because you know later on this might be very relevant, actually. There's these mm-hmm. giant worms down here that they might use for something. Uh, but... Superman actually gets a little bit of his powers back from uh, some of the rock down here. Some of the walls, because it's like the uh, you know, that piece of rock that landed on Earth mm-hmm. from uh, before Warworld started. Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. Uh, and he actually hears, his super hearing kind of kicks in a little bit again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he hears something. Um, and he's like, oh, we have to go back. Something bad's happening. And of course, we see some of the, the Warzone goons like coming after the siblings. Basically, at the end of the uh, scene with mongol earlier on he said look we still have to punish superman for his insolence so the idea that he's coming after some of the other prisoners that he's grown more attached to or that he seems to care about a little bit more so you know we're setting up this threat uh and giving us this big cliffhanger here at the end where these siblings are in danger so you know will superman and the other dude get back in time to help them uh will someone else come or, 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 i i i assume someone else is going to Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to think that's the yeah the idea that he's inspired someone else to stick up right, for them. Right. Yeah, but maybe maybe that's the point is no one does because he hasn't inspired them enough yet because we're still you know relatively early in the journey. Yeah, um, and obviously there is also a message earlier on about uh, midnight or like he's going to go after the, the star the, forges. Yeah, the the cores of the planet, which will will crumble the whole thing. And Superman's right. like, no, we have to convince everyone. We have to break them out of this, uh, yeah. you know. Because he told them specifically not to do that, you know, because... <laughs> midnight is a little shit. You right, cheated on me when I specifically asked you not to? Right, and so that's why... It's an office um, reference for anyone to take it. That's why the Philosian dude, um, that's why he takes him down to show, you know, show him the, the, the Genesis rock embedded... Mm. You know, because there's there's other ways, and it seems they give Superman a charge, right? Like, um, so that that could most likely be important later on. Uh, but I also like here that that Johnson's put Superman in, into a spot where he needs to not have powers to inspire, right? Because if he has his powers mm. and just can fight Mongol back, you know, it won't solve that. Doesn't, uh... It does. It's not gonna solve anything because he has to show the people he's like them. Ten yeah. a lot of beats of uh, my favorite Superman story, yeah. which is Superman and the Legion. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah. Um, this this Philip Kennedy Johnson guy seems to really know what he's doing here. Not, not too shabby, is he? No. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this this issue compared to the last one. The last one was a lot more. The last one was less plot in a weird way, and it was more about just kind of like how Clark's feeling in the cells, and it was showing you this like this ritual of like this the, the last monster of this race dying and stuff like that it was it was a lot more kind of like flavor stuff uh and i don't mean right. that in a bad way it was a really good issue whereas this one's a bit more straightforward plot and okay we're establishing characters that he cares about we're establishing some of the different parts of war world that we, we, we can sort of use later whether it be the worms the genesis rock the uh the light race stuff like you know the, all these other elements now it's starting to this feels more like a traditional story in that sense uh, but without sacrificing any of the atmosphere. And part of that's because it still has big atmospheric moments like the giant worms, but part of it's also because, like you said, the colouring and the way it's all been done consistently with the previous couple issues is building 
this kind of tapestry that like it feels like a a hole. This world feels like a hole because of that. And I'll, I'll, some of that is the art. Some of that's how it's mm-hmm. how it's been written. But yeah, it's uh, Lee Luffridge on the colors. Which I mentioned been done by a lot. Um, I don't know if they were on it before Federici, but I'm going to assume maybe because it feels even though the this the colors are obviously different now to match Federici's style, the the color palette and the rules have felt pretty consistent yeah. across those. So it could be the same. Plus, I also like the idea that Federici came in as artist and like his art is less. Or I mean, I'm talking about more the colors, I suppose. But the color to match his art is is less vibrant. It's more watercolory, and I think I like this idea that like some of the life is gone because they're in this kind of dire situation, you know, imprisoned with with all these other slaves, and uh, it kind of just fits the mood of where they are now. Whereas there was almost like a, a cockiness, and they're not. Cocky, I mean, that's not wasn't cocky, but mm. the team was definitely cocky, right? The rest of the team, were like, oh, we're going to go in there and we're going to deal with this in one big blaze of glory because we're with Superman. Yeah, the colors are mostly fit fairly flat in this now, uh, naturalistic. The the main exception being uh, when there are like alien examples of light, like uh, the the cell tolomac, or mm-hmm. uh, when Mongol does the beam from the chest. That's very very vibrant, yeah. and those stand out against anything else in the issue. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, coming back to just the idea of Superman having to inspire people around them that they are worth and they can fight for themselves is, uh, you know, pretty classic Superman style story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it's nice that it's just getting this 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 extended time to play out. So no, really good stuff, really good stuff. Uh, so I guess we'll rate the issue then, Matt. What are you give in Action Comics? I'm gonna give this one a nine. Got it? Yeah, it's a nine from me. Yeah, I, I'm also gonna go with the nine. Uh, Action is on a hell of a run right now. So, good stuff. Robin, issue 11. Joshua Williamson writing with Gleb Melnikov on the art. Uh, I mean, I want to jump straight to it, but hell of a cliffhanger on this issue. Yeah. <laughs> hell of a cliffhanger. Uh, so, kind of some of the stuff we've been talking about for a while now is Robin effectively having his own little new Teen Titans team out of these characters. Um, mm-hmm. I love. Cause, I mean, obviously, it starts with him breaking up. Uh, it st- he stops. Damien stops Raz from killing his mother, and and I, I mean Raz's mother, not Talia. His grandmother. <laughs> yeah, great grandmother. Um, and Raz is like, okay, I'll respect you for now, grandson. <laughs> uh, but they talk about the Lazarus just being used elsewhere, which obviously ties into Task Force Z. It was a little letters not explaining that. But like, apparently, oh, apparently, Suicide Squad as well. Yeah. yeah. And they go off to, uh, like, uh, was it Dusk is running away? And Damien's like, no, I'll go with my friends and take them. I love Talia's, like, reaction to friends. Damien has friends? Yeah. <laughs> What's this now? Um, and it's like, okay, all right, this is a fun little team. Obviously, we've got the mystery of uh, Respawn, which I actually know who it is because, no, I didn't know before I read this, but yeah. when I was looking for news, there was an article saying, oh, the, the, the reveal is going to happen in Deathstroke Inc. issue, whatever the next one is. And I yeah. thought, oh, I'll just read it because I'm not going to read the issue anyway. So I'll just look at it. <laughs> so I know who Shoot. it is. <laughs> well, I have a guess on who it is. Um... Yeah, I, I will spoil it for you. I'll the audience. I, I also... I had a guess based off of yeah I, I, I yeah I, the two and just the back of their head. I had a guess when I read it. it but is it the obvious guess that I might be thinking of? 
Well, you, you, I, I wouldn't say yes or no, but uh, you, you guys can have your guesses. I, I, I won't give mine because I know because you know mine's is wrong because I know who it is though. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so they they go to Carl Maltese, which is the nearest uh, you know civilization, and uh, try and track him down. So we do get this moment where. Uh, Rose runs off with the respawn and he takes off his mask. She sees who it is and she reacts like she's shocked. And she's like, well, we have to get out of here now before anyone finds out who you are. So they're, they're away just now. I'm sure they'll come back into it later. Um, if not in this book, then certainly during the crossover and whatever's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's clearly Destro Kink because that's where the yes. reveal's going to happen. Um, where's Damien, Connor Hawk, and uh, Flatline end up taking down Dusk. Although not before Connor Hawk gets a little visit from uh, uh, Lady Ooh. Shiva who shows up. Uh, oh, this is such my section of the DCU. <laughs> I figured you'd like this. Love it. A yep, yep. very badly drawn Lady Shiva though, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, she the proportions are super off, but... I, I actually think Melnikov's face is on pretty much every woman in this book is terrible. Um, uh, like Talia's face is consistently bad. I I, mean, I don't know if I'd say they're terrible. I, I think no. Lady they're very stylized. Yeah, they're like, very that, that panel of Lady Shiva mentioned there's another tournament, which made me laugh. Actually, I was getting like, yeah. "Oh, your princess is in another castle" vibes from that. Yeah. Uh, but like that 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 panel in particular, I think looks pretty wonky uh, on her face. I mean, yeah. yeah, but even the 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 full panel, like the full body shot on the left of that, like, wow, she has a tiny waist in that. Yeah. She also so has a, very, very long legs compared to the rest yeah. of her body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was all about the proportions. It just it looks off. Yeah. Um, okay, so I just saw the spoiler uh, uh, respawn, and it wasn't what I thought. So. Um, oh, well, I'm just going to have to look it up now. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Car can't be the only one who doesn't know. Nope. <laughs> um, it doesn't show up, Matt. Yeah, you can just link me. Gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, uh, basically Talia tries to recruit the other like kids from the tournament, you know, so you got Ra- uh, not mm-hmm. Ravage, uh, what's his name? Reese Dip. <laughs> from Nightwing. Yeah. Um, I almost said Talon, it's not Talon, it's, um, it's another bird, Raptor. There we that, go. Thank Nailed you, it. Raptor, that prick, yes. Yeah. How, how dare he be forgettable, uh, his name. Um, so yeah, she tries to recruit a bunch of people to League of Shadows, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, whilst uh, Raz is having a heart to heart with his dear mother, <laughs> uh, who's yelling at him, well, I, w- I wish you were never born. <laughs> yeah, she's chained by her uh, Lazarus bit. Yeah. Uh, so this is all good. They're just arguing about what you know what the demon actually is and what the way of the demon is and blah 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 blah. Um, obviously, I think you know let's let's get romantic here for a minute because I think Damien and Flatline's little romance and. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a little moment where it labels something cute uh, when they're they're fighting together. They, 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 they sort of they grab hands together and sort of join yeah. the two-page spread. Which, you know, I have to say, I think you can complain about the faces, but I think the action layouts and the flow of the action is very good in this. Yep. To, the, to the point where this little fight here between, you know, Damien, Connor Hawk and Flatline are teaming up against uh, Dusk's, like, troops. I think this, like, sold me on this, like, as a new Teen Titans team of some kind. Well, well, I'm not going to call them that. I mean, who gives a shit? Well, but the fact that Titans Academy is done and there doesn't seem to be another Titans book. There's an opening. <laughs> there's, there's definitely an opening. Um, 
So there's no young justice either. So we are going to need a young hero. It doesn't. It doesn't even have to be. So it can just be in Robin. It doesn't have to be a new book. Like it can just be in this. Well, that's, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I think it probably is better to do it as its own book and then have Robin be a Robin book at that point. If if that's what you're going to do, if you want a team book, because otherwise, well, if 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 this becomes that Teen Titans book, but still under the Robin name, there's kind of a an expectation that it's going to revolve around Robin still, and that's probably not fair on the rest of the characters. I'd rather have a Teen Titans mm-hmm. book. Yeah, Robin but I'm enjoying Williamson writing and Melnikov right. on art, so if, if it becomes its own book, then... Like, I think it's one she's, she's been my favourite edition. I mean, uh, it, 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 it can still be Williamson writing, but it doesn't necessarily mean it will be. He's got a lot of things to do. Yeah, like killing the Justice League for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, but he's he's... Stepping off Batman, so that's the reason we'll do Teen Titans. Well, it seems like a, some big story beats are coming out of this whole Shadow War with Batman, Deathstroke, mm. and Robin. Yeah. So also, we'll see if there's. I, a, I did find the spoiler. Uh, although the first site that I, f- I found was the least helpful site ever, where it was like, "Oh, here's the spoiler." And then, oh, okay, click here for full spoilers. So I clicked here, and it took me to a whole other article yep. where it just showed me the same panel that's in this, and went, "There's your reveal." Went, that wasn't a reveal. There's yeah, that's my Yeah, I mean we we this is the thing though we can't reveal what we all thought because yeah. we all know it was wrong. Though. But we couldn't have two of you thinking anyway. No, it's it's fine. It's you know it, it keeps the mystery alive. And, and okay, we'll wait, it I'll just next... say it. It's not Grant. I thought it was Grant at first. Okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I thought you know what we're bringing lots of young characters back from the dead. Grant's the one that seems the most obvious. And you. Know, La- and Lazarus, why not? Like, you know, and with a name like Respawn. Yeah, there you Respawn, go. Respawn, but um, yeah. Um, but it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Grant. It's not Grant. But we won't spoil it. <laughs> we won't nope. spoil it. Next one's yeah, no, give me, give me a book with. I, I, it could just be in Robin, but I want more Connor Hawk. I want more Flatline. Oh, you, you know, know I, interacting with Robin. I, I love their dynamic. I will so. say, I am more. Like I think this stuff, because it is maybe some of the most stuff directly leading into the Shadow War crossover, mm-hmm. and because I'm also enjoying his Batman, I am feeling fairly okay about the crossover, even though I'm going to have to read some Destro Kink as well, because I feel like Destro Kink is probably going to have to come back more into like what the other two are doing as opposed to the other books becoming what Destro what, Kink you mean, is. You mean Destro Kink has to stop doing its nonsense? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm saying. So maybe maybe it needs that focus because this is it's man that book's wild we'll get there but um I, I mean I guess what I'm saying is is that I feel like out of any of the books Robin feels like the one that's the most relevant to Shadow War because of all the yeah. the league of of various yeah. forms and right Talia Raz Batman's Damien Batman. yeah Batman's Batman so mm-hmm. uh but yeah and obviously after they win this fight uh and all the rest of it. Um, I also love when Talia shows up and says, your friends did good work, Damien. I love that friends is bolded again. This idea that Talia yeah. still isn't comfortable or used to the idea of, of Damien having friends. Well, she shouldn't be because, I mean, when you think about it, he is his father's son. Damien does have friends. So it was going to rub off on him sooner rather than later. I mean, you're you a know? hack for using that phrase, Matt, because a couple pages later, there's a great use of that line yeah. from Raz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Damien's with Flatline, he's talking about the the manga lakes, whatever. But yeah. they end up uh, kissing, right? And it builds up to you can sort of tell it's going up to a kiss, and it feels earned because it, it's felt like they've naturally had this chemistry yeah. since early on in the the book. 
So it's this big thing. There's fireworks going on because of the party and Kurt and Maltese behind them. And Raz, almost out of character here, but it was funny that I'm letting it slide, where he just sips a drink and says he really does take after his he, father. Definitely like drinking like a Mai Tai or something. Yeah. yeah. You know what, though? This goes in with the dude version of Raz. I'm, and I'm I read this, this in Bridges' voice. I, was, I, I love this idea that flatline in many ways you could see parallels to Selena. And this idea mm-hmm. that Raz is recognizing that. and he's Because like, he's not even mad. He's smiling as he says it. Yeah. <laughs> and Talia is like, I don't know, horrified that her son has I, found romance? I, I, I think the wish... implication there was more being reminded that Bruce didn't Bruce. choose her. Oh, yes. Right? True, okay, I see what you're saying there. The idea I, that this is a... Uh, he's like his father and that he picks Selena like. <laughs> right, yes. not someone like his mom. Um, I I just wish that instead of her doing a hmm, it uh, was Damien's, you know, tut. I just, that would have been funnier. Yeah. I I just, I love the idea that some Talia and therefore some mothers in the real world actually hope that their sons will find a wife who's like them. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe I it exists. I do believe it exists, oh, but no. it's weird. I, I know it exists from, from talking to I, I get friends. the logic of, in a, in a non-creepy way, I think the logic is supposed to be they think they're a good person, so they mm. want their kid to right. be with someone like them because that means they're with a good person. Right. Yes. yes. I, I'm assuming that's the logic of it, right? But right. most of them are lying to themselves. They're horrible people. I mean, most people are. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, the last thing I think most people want to do is like bring their, their, their new partner to, to meet their parents and then start to notice that they're very like their, their mother or, or vice versa. There's a, there's a very good episode of How I Met Your Mother about that. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. I'm not a big it, fan. What can I say? It's, it's, it's a great episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, Flatline doing the little bat ears when yep. she says you're going to go see your father. Uh, but... Damien, so the cliffhanger of this issue is that when they're all separating uh, to go off and do their own things for at least for a little bit, um, Damien, not for long because Shadow War starts very soon, but uh, Damien pulls out the, the veil of Lazarus resin mm-hmm. and he says, I've something I've got to go do. And the final page is Alfred's tombstone with a lightning strike behind it. <laughs> I, I have to, because one, I think if Alfred was coming back, we'd know about it already. That's that's fair. I think the reason why I like this as a cliffhanger is not because I necessarily believe he's going to go through with it or that we're definitely getting Alfred back or anything like that. I like it because it makes complete sense that Damien would want to do this. Oh, it does, absolutely. And we've yeah. been seeing you know him talking with mm-hmm. his yeah. version of Alfred the whole book. And I think ultimately, it'll, the next issue, what I hope it is, what I would do if I was in this scenario is an entire issue of him at Alfred's grave, talking to his version of Alfred, mm. and ultimately being convinced that bringing him back would be wrong, and he has to learn to let him go. Ah, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. That that is my perfect issue twelve of Robin. or, or Williamson goes, it's not Gotham without Alfred, so I'm bringing him back with Lazarus juice. Suck um, it, bitches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you know, like or, or we do that. He comes back wrong, kind of. The reason right. Alfred zombie comes that, out. That <laughs> Sometimes that is better. <laughs> Pet Cemetery is not a great movie, and then the remake is even worse. So, uh, looks all right. I just want to say sometimes that is better. Hey, right? you, you got any names? <laughs> huh? 
<laughs> Sometimes that is better. Are there any many names? No. Of people that you think would be better off dead. No, isn't that a live pet cemetery? It is. I'm just, I'm just spinning okay. it into because it okay. sounds like it sounds like you're saying sometimes no. that is better, depending on who it is. No. I'm anyway, trying. I'm, try, I'm trying to make Matt be controversial, and he's he's just not. He's not. I, I, like I throw out a really good, like, well, not controversial topic. Well, name, but it's just completely got glossed over. Yep. Aye, <laughs> right, well. What name did you say? It's just funnier. You're welcome this way. For the smoke screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, how bad was it? Should I be editing this out? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'll leave that to your discretion later. Hey, okay. Pete, he didn't implicate us, he implicated him. It's fine. All right, okay. Whatever the consequences are, point to the ginger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, what are you rating, Rob? <laughs> uh, I'm giving this a 7.5. Okay, Connor. Um, I think I'll probably just give it a seven. It is good though. Uh, I knocked it down a little bit for like you know some wonky faces and Shiva. Although just to be one good thing about the art, and you know to be fair, the uh, the two page sequence of them fighting in Kota Maltese is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That that stuff is fantastic. I'll be the high guy on this. Then I'll say eight, and I think. I do agree. Some of the faces are wonky, you know that one, that particular Shiva stuff, especially. But I think a lot of the art is still really good. The action layout is good. I think the kiss is good. I think I think Raz pretty much always looks good. And maybe it's just because he's just good at drawing people with beards because it obscures the facial features. I think it helps <laughs> uh, because, like I said, I think Talia looks weird yeah. in almost every. every but Connor said he wants to see Lady Shiva but with a beard. <laughs> but... She'd still kick your ass, so it's fine. Hundred yeah, percent, she would. You mean like Eli from Horizon? Uh, so <laughs> don't. Now you say controversial things. <laughs> it's only controversial if you're an idiot and don't know what peach fuzz is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's what that thing's been going around. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, why is Eli? Why does she have a beard? That's super manly. Like, all right. <laughs> I, I believe the answer is because you're an incel. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, Ted for me. But I really like the story. Though. I love the cliffhanger. It makes complete sense that because Damien's whole thing is that he's been t attached to Alfred's death, and he's been thinking about him in this sort of ghost form. The whole issue, or the whole. I'll put run. this out there now. If next issue is what I said I wanted it to be, I'll give it a nine, like straight off, like at least. I love the idea that it'll be exactly what I want it to be, but it'll just be one page at the end teasing the next story that has something Connor hates, and he has to begrudgingly yeah. give it a nine. No, I, I hope that the artist, if it's Gleb or not, put, puts a cross in. Right? <laughs> just to tie it all back. No, I, I hope the artist puts a cross in every other panel, but it's missing, yeah. like, just a yeah. random... Cool. The Phantom Cross. Where is oh, it? Where, is it? Where could it be? Uh, I was right on that. I've been vindicated. <laughs> all right. I, there's no vindication for you. I decree it. Next up, Task Force Z, issue 5, Matthew Rosenberg with Eddie Barrows on the art. Uh, so we ended last issue with the other team of villains, although seemingly they're from Amanda Waller. Uh, and I think we, we had a lot of speculation as to exactly who they were representing. This issue makes it very clear quite quickly that they are just the new Task Force X <laughs> set yep. in by Waller. Uh, this scientist lady doesn't like that they're there either and is yep. like, could we just not have some big fight? And then, of course, 
the big fight happens because because Jason because Jason almost talks them out of it, almost gets mm-hmm. everyone to walk away, and then shit hits the fan. And sure enough, we get you know, like heads being ripped off and all sorts. Uh, Bloom taking advantage of the situation and talking uh, the doctor lady into helping him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the fun stuff, uh, by and large. Uh, KG Beast, some of the other villains, uh, the, the clones playing chess with the monkey. Yeah. And- <laughs> I just love the phrasing of, because, you know, Harvey walks in there and he's like, we're supposed to be doing stuff and you're in here playing chess against an ape. Um, and she says losing, right? And he's he's flipping out. And she goes, well, the other one goes, I'm I'm playing. She's just watching. <laughs> it was just that that little bit. Uh, Which is not a defense. It's actually up. saying, no, it's even worse than that. She's not even doing yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which leads to that next page, which is just like, this is the type of comic that I always used to love. It, I am getting like Secret Six vibes just from like, it's this kind of under the radar. I don't hear too many people talking about this book. And it's doing some like really fun things. So I get to these, you know, uh, like Lazarus tanks, and they're talking about, you know, having a hard time putting someone back together. Yeah, it's getting harder because, like, their bodies are getting used to the Lazarus resin, the, the Lazarus so, so it's not and as then, effective. They're having to dilute it because they don't have much left. And, and you know, they said that they had to put his, the brain back together with a soon scoop, a <laughs> soup spoon and eyedrop, yeah. uh, eyedropper. It took me a second to realize who this was. Obviously, it's, it's Bane. Me too. Uh, right, and, it's Bane, and he's He's in the tank and he comes up and it like this would be such a great movie if this was the uh, like a moment if this was like a movie or animated, you know him just coming up to there, um, and just shows how kind of desperate Harvey is to actually have this work out. Yeah, like I feel like this is definitely a, a Harvey thing and not a Two Face. Um, so I just I like the stuff that Rosenberg's doing here with you know and maybe because it's Two Face he's my favorite like actual. Do you, know what, villain do you know what I think I like about this in a weird way is that it's kind of like it's just a book that's taking all the scraps of continuity and doing something with mm-hmm. them. So it's all these characters yeah. who have died, it's these characters who have been forgotten. Even Bloom mm-hmm. referenced that the scientist lady's actually from like at, towards the end of Snyder's which, run, which I didn't remember. But I didn't remember either, and I'm going to take their word from it because I'm not diving back into my collection yeah. to find those. But, um, you know, fair enough. I, I kind of like yeah. dig that it's just like deep into continuity so there's a lot of there's a big fight there's a lot of action between all the villains like and almost all of them die right it's just it's just jason who technically can't die because he's he's not he's not dead like the others and uh deadshot who's left and they end up being tied up uh by the villains and like waller's on a tv screen talking to them and you know basically just saying like this your time is up and no one's coming for you uh, the big cliffhanger, though, of course, uh, after Deadshot dives in front of Jason to take the shot that KG Beast <laughs> fires at him, yeah, which is fine because he can come back because the, the keeps coming, they keep coming back. Well, it's not just that; it's the fact that that you know Deadshot rips his own hands off out of the cuffs to save Jason. Mm. That's true. Um, You're right. Yeah, yeah. Is it- and and I just like that that you know that Jason who had nothing but like contempt for these zombie creatures, you know, it, it's coming around that these are still people, you know, especially when they have fuller doses of the resin. And there's, um, there's that idea as well that, yeah. like, Deadshot knows Jason's not dead, unlike right. them. So, like, right. 
it's, it's worth him like trying to protect him a little bit so that he doesn't have to mm-hmm. die. Uh, the cliffhanger though is that Two Face shows up with Mister Freeze and Bane, uh, and Bane's looking not as the healthiest he's ever looked. He looks a bit. You know, I, love, I love it. Well, and especially from Joker, the fact that they've been trying to replicate Bane makes me hope that this Bane monster, you know, we'll mm-hmm. we'll eventually get another Bane down the line. Oh, for know? sure, yeah. So make him as grotesque as you can. You know, that's what I'm hoping is they do. He ends up being like a Bane blob by the end of this. Um, and then with Mr. Freeze, it makes me wonder, is this take place after uh, the tower? Mm. Or is this is this is what leads him to the tower? Um, so, again, like you're talking about the scraps of, of continuity. I do like how it's playing with this. And, um, you know, we got a, a Lazarus, Mr. Freeze looking like a Mars attack alien. You know, he's going greed, big old eyes. Um, but yeah, it's just, this book is a whole lot of fun. Like, I'm, I'm so glad I, I did decide to I mean, it. you mentioned that it was like kind of weird to see Mr. Freeze holding a regular gun in the last, is, mm-hmm. is it possible they're going to like pull a swerve in the tower and it's not really Mr. Yeah. Freeze? I, I, I don't know. Could be, I don't no. know. But uh, but yeah, it, it just, you, have, you know, T-Face standing there with them um, uh, to, to save Red Hood from yeah. KG Beast. Like, you know, and meanwhile, uh, flipping his coin. Meanwhile, Bloom goes to uh, the headquarters of Powers International and meets the original scientist lady, you know, the one who's got all the mm-hmm. clones of came from, and yep. uh, basically asks for a job because there's no one else left who was ma- doing the research on the Lazarus stuff. So, oh, Bloom, you know? this is the best. I hated Bloom when we first had him just because that arc wasn't the best, right? And he was kind of. He didn't really know what his whole deal was, like what his powers kind of were. And uh, so I like that he kind of is still an open book in that Rosenberg has put this this complete Machiavellian type character onto him like this. It's a different spin. Uh, and uh, he whips out yeah. Man Bat's head because he's like, oh, there's a few <laughs> things I don't know, but I've got I've brought the man who does. And he just whips out Man Bat's head on its own. Yeah, he's he's darkly funny. I love it. Yes, he's 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 legitimately cracked me up throughout this this these five mm-hmm. issues a few times. So yep. you know, uh, mm-hmm. having fun. Eddie Barrow's art still works for it. The action sequences are pretty yep. fun, and it's got that sort of just slightly gritty vibe. Not overly gritty, just a little bit of a grit to it. Yep. Uh, to so a pulp. Although grit. the art was was split up. Uh, there's three different artists on this one. Um. But you can't really tell at all. It's all very. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, it's all consistent. So, I would say if it was all barrows, it's it's not the strongest. But knowing that it's the three, mm. I, I, it's this weirdly where it flips, you know, to where if it was him, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of looking rough. But the fact that it's two other artists with him, I think it it ends up, you know, really pulling together cohesively. Fun time, uh, Matt. Mm-hmm. What are you given Task Force Z? Seven point five. 7.5. Yeah, uh... I'm having a, yeah, I'll 7.52. I'm having a hard time agreeing with that. It's not the best book, by any means, but it's doing a lot of fun stuff and playing with a lot of characters, so good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deathstroke, Inc. Issue 6. Matt, you're on your own for this one, I think. Let's well, yeah, right. Tell us how terrible it is. <laughs> I made a big mistake. Um, so... King Deathstroke now because he's sitting on a throne. This book makes no sense. Just <laughs> in the, I, I understand that Williamson wanted to set up his own thing, but it really felt like at the beginning this was going to be Canary and Slade setting up a trust. But it just kind of gets 
all that out of the way now. And it was almost as if the first, what issue is this? Six? It's almost as if, like, the first five issues were just a prelude to now the story that he wants to tell, which is a weird thing, um, because this really felt like it could have been three issues worth of stuff. Um, and yeah, sure, we got some fun little adventures like Deathstroke in space and um, and and the Cheetah Kingdom and and all of that stuff. But uh, they're they're in the the ghost zone and Deathstroke sitting on the throne after he's killed Calculator, um, and they're surrounded by the society, um, and he sends them after Canary, who fights through them, and. Um, she tries to call out to Oracle, and because she she reaches this edge of this cliff. Well, she's not in the ghost zone. Excuse me. They're they're back in that castle, um, and she's trying to get to Canary. Deathstroke shows up and and you know is like, oh well, I'll I'll just I'll call him off, you know. Um, you've earned my respect and and whatnot, um, and that he said that you you know she's all confused by this. He's like, well, you heard what Calculator said. You know, he's done all the math. It's good versus evil. It's not that simple. You know, um, we don't want to have another, you know, uh, Legion of Doom situation. So the best way I can do is is take control of it myself. And at the beginning, I said that, you know, I had to make a choice if I want to be good or bad. Well, this is me. If I want to be a hero or a villain, um, and this is me making that decision. But I want you with me. We need a balance. And she turns him down and 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 dives off the cliff into the water. Um, whereas I think it's Cal Vertigo uh, comes up and and starts yelling at Slade. He turns around and just shoots him, um, which again is funny. But Canary shows up at the Hollow Justice to the Justice League. Um, she's all looking all rough and beat up. Um, Tells them that tells them what's going on. They storm this castle. They're gone, um, of course. But they have left a um, like a photo or a photo, like a painting, on the wall, and it's it's teasing their history that they were on. You know, I mean, Slade and Canary were on the same team way back. Uh, that's what the whole Team Seven book. So I guess Williamson's pulling from that. But um, it's a picture of them. But he's left the mask over Canary's face, um, and that they need to, you know, um, locate him before this gets out of control. So they, uh, the Slade takes the society into Zandia, which I think was the country from Batwing, um, and and forces them all to to suit up um, into like Deathstroke like suits. He's sitting on this throne, um, and uh, it goes to uh, two shadows up on a roof, and it turns out that it's Ravager and Respawn, um, and that um, every once in a while Deathstroke goes nuts, but he needs his family to pull him back from the edge, and it, and it ends with, with them. Um, and and yeah, knowing, knowing now, because I read this before I read Robin, just to get it out of the way, because it's like pulling off a Band-Aid at this point. Um, knowing what I know now about who Respawn is, this kind of muddles things a bit, uh, the the talk of, of, you know, family having to pull him back in. Um, 
So I'm curious to see where that plotline goes, which I'm sure we'll get in the next issue, which I'm going to read because I hate myself. Um, <laughs> like, I'm in for Shadow War. Come back, can you? No, I, I can't. I've done this before. Um, but yeah, the art is is uh, Pentalena, which is very Howard Porter esque, but like, kind of everything I don't like about uh, Howard Porter. But as you said, uh, Connor pointed out, it's also a little bit like, um, what's his name from uh, Sideways? Rockerfort. Rockerfort, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's how I always described him during. Yeah. Heavy lines. The faces are very angular and just, you know. Um, it, it's it's Rockerfort, but Rockerfort has a sense of motion that makes yeah. things flow. And these are um, very, very stilted and posed. And yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm not enjoying this book. Just the. Uh, <laughs> Going from reading this to some of the other Williamson stuff, it's like whiplash because this is like the writing on this is not good. Everything moves so quick and it just seems like Williamson's pulling stuff out of the top of his head. And like when you read Robin, it feels like there's a plan there. And here is like I understand that the point was to set up, you know, trust. And the book was always called Deathstroke Inc., but it just felt like he's just pulling this. You know, now Slade's going to run the, the society, and that's what Deathstroke Inc. is, but he wants to set things on his own terms, and I just hope Shadow War clarifies a lot of this, you know, because I can't imagine the League coexisting with the society. Like, they just seem, they seem to be wanting the same things, you know? So, I don't know. Just when I think, like, I, I want a Deathstroke book, it goes is this as Connor handed it earlier nonsense, and it it just bums me out. You know, I like Williamson and I like Deathstroke and I Canary. It's a character that I want more of, and it's just this is a mess. So yes, I will keep reading this so you guys don't have to. Um, at least until Shadow War starts. In which case, we, then we have to. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys. I also mean the listeners and, and viewers. Um, and yeah. they all have to as well because yeah. Most so I'm reading Batman. Yeah, I'm going to do this 4.5. I'm not enjoying it. Well, that is pretty a hard. Rare low rating from Matt. That. Yeah. Has has average finally going down a little bit. It's nice to see. All right, next up. We have DC versus Vampires, issue 5. This is James Titan the fourth with Matthew Rosenberg, and Otto Schmidt is on the art. And mm-hmm. Simone DeMille. And we ended last issue with... The Justice League is showing up in the Batcave, uh, the rest of them believing Hal and Diana, that Batman and Oliver were responsible for the death of Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And pretty much all of this issue, more or less, is the fight that takes place in the Batcave mm-hmm. and the ups and downs of it, and how Batman and Oliver eventually get away. They they try and obviously stick up for their side of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman controversially perhaps like seems like he's about to prove it to cyborg that he's got some evidence but instead just uses the chance to shock the shit out of cyborg so they can you know t- well make their escape but it's also very batman still oh it's well, very batman he, yeah i'm not denying he that he knocks out all the power in gotham which when you're you're dealing with an infestation of vampires is not ideal you know so maybe he already played mean, his head here it's um, not ideal, but also they're not hurt by the electric lights anyway, so... Mm. Well, that's what I mean, but, like, y- you'd want to see them coming, you know? So... Well, that's what torches are for. Yeah. Yes, but ba- Batman, you know, 
the, the vampires may have adopted the dark, but uh yeah, yeah. Molded by it. <laughs> Molded by it. Is, is this the, the episode of the Nolan trilogy references? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's easy. Uh, I, on, on the art, I mean, it's I mean, it's nicely split up. You know, it's these Suicide mm. Squad scenes where they're uh, hunting the Joker that are in the different art style by yeah. and large. Uh, yeah. So, um, if, which was the first page, and I was like, "This isn't Smith." Like immediately, yeah, I, I, was said, like, yeah. I was like, "Don't wrong, I like it. I, I like Smith. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan." But yeah. immediately, I was like, "This is not Smith." So, I know I know Tynan plotted this, but I want to know how much control Rosenberg's doing this because, like, we've gotten a, a a vampiric gorilla grod, and now we had a vampiric king shark. From from what I gather from Tynan's newsletter when mm-hmm. he was talking about this, is he basically had an outline. He didn't okay. even like he didn't plot well, issue by issue. I don't think he kind of had. Here's the story. Here's the major beats. So. And that was kind of, and that was as far as he got with his pitch, essentially yeah. the greenlit, and then that's when he got busy and kind of backed out. Gotcha. So then this is just more praise for Rosenberg because um, his voice for Ollie, I love. Um, uh, as he's arguing mm. with Batman as they're fighting the Justice League, and then he he says something, and I don't have it open in front of me, to to Cyborg. Uh, he calls him a freak, but he says, "Oh, because of the because of the vampire thing, not the cyborg but, thing." <laughs> yeah, because you know we're good about the the robot thing. Yeah, I've always been and cool with that. Like, that's a very Ollie. Like, and it was like, uh, like when he asked Bruce, oh, what, "What's Diana's weakness?" and he's like, "A friend." And he's like, "Well, that doesn't help." That, yeah. It's yeah, because yeah. because we go through a sequence of him using different weaknesses. He's you know he's got mm-hmm. kryptonite. Uh, dust. Like dust that he's you know spits in Clark's face, which sort of takes him out for a bit. Does um, he have like because I didn't maybe I missed a panel of him like putting it in or something? But did he does he have like a, a false tooth? Uh, yeah, I think he's just a false tooth. Open. It's like yeah. it's like you know agents have cyanide. like a cyanide tooth. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. Like, he's that prepared. He has the yeah. so uh, you, you've all seen uh, the, the the new Dune movie, right? Mm-hmm. No, but that's why you, you not seen it. Oh, okay, well no, it's, it's exactly it, that with the with the poison to poison someone else. That it was in that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. no, it, it just uh, the fight scenes are, 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 you know, Schmidt is, you know, a good artist, right? Like, so the fight through this hole, through the Bat Cave, um, which ends in the destruction of the manor, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's not even just that it ends. Like, Batman sets off the manor because he's like, we have to yeah. slow them down. We have to. Yeah. Like so on, yeah. so on. He he checks that everyone's out of the cave, but all the you know, the humans, yeah. the, the good people, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do. So, I do like so. the. I like the panels around the city, though. After the powers went out, you see like Cass with the laptop and Damien's having a burger in a restaurant with no lights. So, right. So, do we think the Joker's actually a vampire? Well, that's the thing. They're they're like they're they're playing it close to the chest here. So I think. Yeah. The characters all seem to think he is, which makes me think he may not be now, but yeah. like, they could go either way. Because I, I always feel like uh, it's the Infinite Crisis reason that they didn't reach out to Joker, right? That Alexander Luther didn't, is because you can't control him. And I feel that's what the... Whoever is running the vampires would feel with Joker is like, that's the we last thing that. we need. Yeah. yeah. Is, is the Joker running around with vamp- vampirism? Do you think Joker um, knows the dinosaurs are real? Yeah. <laughs> He might be the one that started dinosaurs aren't real. You know? <laughs> he might have told Harley that in the first place. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, this is just a, I, I still can't believe we're 
any time where we we have a DC versus vampires book, like that's just wild and it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it, it's you know, we were talking on this list. You know, we got the the, mm-hmm. the Justice League, Jurassic Park. We got the uh, the the Mecca DC stuff. It's it's all. Mm-hmm. This is just another one of those where it's just hey, let's just do a stupid concept and have fun with it. If the <laughs> others are half as fun as this, mm-hmm. I'll keep reading them because. Yeah. They're just, you know, something nice and different to have alongside the main books. Uh, something's yeah. glossed over, though. Uh, Batman sends Martian Manhunter uh, somewhere in space with the yeah. teleporter uh, and then destroys Sorry, the teleporter. So uh, that's what gets rid of him. Uh, Batgirl, meaning Babs, does show up to help the Suicide Squad when they're in mm-hmm. their pickle uh, with Vampire King Shark. Uh, like you said, there's a running joke with Harley not thinking dinosaurs are real, <laughs> uh, like vampires. Um, we also see Wonder Woman who, because Hawkgirl actually sees evidence of Wonder Woman being a vampire, and then Wonder Woman kills her. So yeah. we get that dark little bit of scene in the fight. Um, and it's I all liked, bubbling uh, up. Ollie not taking the shot at Hal for the f- the, the first shot. He's like, he, he's just like, I, I, because Hal's like his best friend. He's like, you know, like, maybe maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's another way out. You don't. He's like, you missed. That's not you. I like that page too. Because yeah. he says to Bruce, that's that's totally you. And then he goes, that's not you, to Ollie. And ah, that was such a good, such a good moment. Um, yeah, Damien and Tim ride down the motorbike to help them out. And then they all escape the, the mansion together as Batman blows it up behind them. Mm-hmm. So uh, the cliffhanger, though, is that Hal and Diana are left standing there and Superman's just kind of getting back up. And they're like, oh, don't worry, Clark, we've got you now. And you know, it's the, the red glowing eyes and the silhouette, the idea being that they're about to try and turn Superman into a vampire. Yeah, yeah. so I'm still... I hope they have a plan for this, because being that Superman is a, a, a living solar battery, it, it it seems like even if they try to turn him, I don't think... Well, they lose his... Eventually, they'll lose his Superman powers, in theory, right? He'll just be... Person, right, but would that be enough to keep in in check though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because I mean, as have, long as it's have vampire powers, though, at least. So yeah, I mean... yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, right, are they gonna turn? Vampire. Right, are they gonna turn him into a daywalker, basically? Well, why would they? would still do we get hurt by sunlight, though. But but if he gets into sunlight, that would burn out the the vampirism. That's a bleep. I'm just yeah. saying, like, he, it doesn't... <laughs> like, I know he got hit with the kryptonite, right? So I just... I don't know how the kryptonian physiology and the vampirism, because they made they made a, a point to say that, I think it was Martian Manhunter. Yes. That they're, they're unsure how that would affect his alien physiology. Now, is that because Martian Manhunter and his, you know, phasing and, and shape-shifting, or is it because he's an alien and that this is a, you know... How are the vampirism works? I'm just not sure how with with Kryptonian DNA and, and the cells being what they are. I mean, I think Kryptonians are basically just humans from a different planet, and the only thing that makes them different is his relationship to the sun. So, uh, I would say that because the Kryptonite presumably right now has made them weak enough mm-hmm. that they can bite into him, like maybe because mm-hmm. normally they wouldn't be able to. I assume uh, that unless you take the argument that the vampirism is magical, right? Well, if it's magical, then all bets are off, right? And then, but I feel like if it was magical, it, like I feel like that still is magical, but there's still a biological source, right? Because then they wouldn't talk about it, not knowing how it affects John. 
Yeah, I think they're treating this more as a I mean, biological. Yeah, you know me. I, I'm definitely on team biological when it comes to vampires yeah, and zombies. Uh, I'm just saying, does this lead to Superman being Angel? That's all. No. You know? No, because they all turn evil. Like, There's no indication of any of them still having their soul, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I'm so sorry about Hal turning Diana so quick. Uh, you know, with, with the hypnotism. And, you know... Not losing Clark, damn it. Not without a fight. I mean, the truth is, we don't know how his body will react to it or what will right. happen if the sun hits him. Because the sun <laughs> makes him stronger, but now he's going to have this new thing in him that he's now allergic right. to That's the sun. Right. Which is why my, my assumption is he becomes a vampire, he can't go in the sun, his powers fade because he's not getting recharged by the sun, but he has vampire powers. You know, like standard vampire strength and whatever, but he doesn't have his Superman powers anymore. That would be my assumption. Yeah, the idea that he goes out into the sun and the sun just kind of like burns out the vampire like disease, yeah. for lack of a better term. Like, they, I mean, they might go that right. I think that would be a little hokey though to do that. I just, I just think we're gonna get a scene where they they try to turn him and they can't because of. I alien. I think they don't because I think it makes this story too easy for the good guys if Superman is a because at the minute the fact that he he doesn't believe that they're vampires is what's mm -hmm. keeping them in check. Right. If that, Superman's like, oh, yeah, no, they're vampires, I'll go stop them. And I know you can say that about any story, but it, you know, right. this story has very pointedly made a, uh, a focus of choosing to to follow Batman, the Bat Family, mm -hmm. Ollie, Dinah, you know, characters. The more human powers. heroes. Right, you know, the, the, the yeah. underdogs. As soon as you give them Superman, the balance of power completely changes, and I think this, this I don't think the story holds up as well in the back half, if you do that. So I suspect that they can't really... Maybe Superman just tries to end the sun because he because he has to recharge and it kills him anyway. Like maybe that's how you do it. I, I don't know, but I feel like you can't just have it burn him out and then he's back to normal and still knows everything because then you gotta, you gotta have another way to put Superman I think, back in the box. So most lately, come I would say, I mean, not necessarily the, from a rating perspective, but just from a if I'm thinking about in the context of the universe, I would say that if someone tried to infect Superman or make him a vampire, I would suggest that because his body is solar powered, that his body in some level will just reject the virus because that's, because that's what I'm thinking. it just won't play nice with it. It'll just like react right. to it. Yeah, you could tell me that it'll just instantly kill him because his body just won't be able to like like decide between the two. It'll just instantly be like, oh, th these are all solar powered cells and we are vampire cells and that no, just like Oh, it turns out that was the quickest way to kill Superman. He's <laughs> trying to turn him into a vampire. No, I don't see it going that way, but I, I could understand the argument for it, is, is what I'm saying. Uh, fun issue, though. Fun issue. I, I think the idea of like treating the fact that they have to hold off the entire Justice League on their own, uh, Batman and Green Arrow, like, given that a whole issue to sort of sell how much of a, a fight it is and just how much they barely get out... Um, and obviously Oliver cracking jokes that Batman's got a plan in place for all of them is just kind of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, decent time. Uh, and some of the world building around the other characters on the outside, uh, also decent. Uh, all right, Matt, what are you written DC versus vampires? Um, I wasn't a big fan of the other art. Like, it's not bad, but I, you know, want more Schmidt. Um, so probably if it was all Schmidt, I'd give it higher. But I'll give this an eight. Still relatively high, Connor. Yeah, I am a big fan of the other art, and I'm still going with an eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... 
had a fun time. I'll I'll go with it too. <laughs> Let's make it a straight a straight eight across the board. Um, all right, there you go. DC versus vampires. Uh, next up, The Human Target, Issue 5. Tom King writing with Greg Smallwood on our, and this has been a... Mike, you're going to make a drink. You're going to be a while. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting hungry, so... Um, yeah. But, Matt, never start a conversation with a reason why it won't go along, because it always goes long yeah. just to spite you at that point. Yep. Fate well, just no, I, in. I'll, I'll get up and, and leave at a certain point. So, um, but... Yeah, but look, human target and how um, much of a mind trip this one was. I had to read it twice. Well, uh, so I got the full effect. It, it does have a, an interesting concept for the, how this episode, mm-hmm. or this episode, this issue is structured. Yeah. So, yep. what this is is the idea that obviously Christopher Chance, along with Ice, go to meet uh, John Jones. Right, they go to meet Martian mm-hmm. Manhunter. And the idea is that the entire issue takes place in the space of a few seconds whilst he's passing Martian Manhunter the salt. He says, can you pass mm-hmm. the salt? He's passing it. And then we go into... What, what turns out... Because at first it's a little confusing because you're like, wait, what's happening mm-hmm. here? Because it's like, you know, it's, it's like remembering the night before when Ace and Christopher Chance are in bed together uh-huh. and he references that a couple of times. But then he switches but- to Martian Manhunter and you're like, wait, uh-huh. what's this saying? And then it sort of clicks and you get that, oh no, this is Martian Manhunter looking inside his head and that's why he became him in the scene because he's sort of like mm-hmm. looking into his head and like sort of reading him. What this issue does is that it gives us a backstory inside his head, which is where Christopher Chance first interacted with a telepath and how he learned how when a telepath invades you, you can also read them at the same time. And it plays out and it bounces between that story playing out, his backstory and all the secrets that Christopher would normally try and withhold from a telepath, but how he's actually sort of distracting Martian Manhunter by sort of making it look like he's, he cares about all these secrets when what he's really doing is reading Martian Manhunter's mind it, and then in the exchange, if you will. It, and it, yeah, it's it's mental jujitsu. Yes. He's using the strength of the telepath against them to, to knock them off their base. Yes. And ultimately uncovers some secrets that Martian Manhunter has uh, about a secret affair he had with fire and how that led to him asking for money from Ted. We assumed it was money for for booster that was kind of mm-hmm. how it was presented last time uh so that's that i'm explaining all this up front but just because i think it'll make it easier to talk about the individual things if we have the overall yeah. context for what's yeah, happening as i was reading this and we're getting the overlays right where we have uh chance and ice laying in bed and then overlaid on that same panel it's martian manhunter and fire right but we don't know the context yet Right. And they also blend together because you know, one of the things, one of the mm-hmm. sort of the main memories that we go into with Chance is him watching his father be killed by a hitman. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first things we see when he's lying in bed with Ace is that there's like someone pointing a gun at them. And that, that never happened, obviously, but it's no. the idea that the, the, the memory and this memory from the night before are merging, uh, yeah. you know, as, as, as Jean is looking around in his head. Yeah, I remember in my English class learning about the, the writing style of the stream of consciousness. And I feel this is a comic book version of a stream of consciousness story because it's just kind of as it's, as you find out from, from the story and how this is Chance's defense against Jean while also being able to get the information he needs from a telepath. Yeah, because he, he, it sort of reveals that he kind of had like a, mm-hmm. maybe fling's not the right word, but with a, 
uh, a woman from Titan, right? From yeah. Saturn Girls end of the universe. Right, and, he, and she says her name is Imra, but she doesn't look like, you know, Saturn Girl, but clearly that there's, you know, ties there. I mean, um, this is not in mainline continuity, so it could... No, but I know, but she doesn't even look like what Imra that we would recognize, you mm. know, and at, at this point with we're playing with the Justice League International who are all, you know, presented as how we would know them. Um, so just the fact that she's a telepath from Titan, you know, uh, I, you know, that is enough here. Do you know what I think is impressive about this issue is that early, it points early on, it's quite confusing, it's doing all these things, mm-hmm. and you're sort of following it, and, it, and part of it kind of clicks. I think it's impressive that by the end of the issue, I think the entire thing makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's, like, yeah. By the end of the issue, I completely understood which parts were like sort of the the backstory that explains how Christopher is able to like fight back, uh, you know, a Martian Manhunter in any way, shape, or form telepathically, and everything else is like his memories sort of bleeding together because that's what Jean's looking at, and then ultimately okay. it bleeds into Jean's own memories with with fire, and it's like, oh, that's all. That, like, by the end of the issue, I'm like. This made complete sense. And then ended it with the bookend of him like finishing passing the salt is like this mm-hmm. all took place in about three seconds after that. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and just the fact when you do go back and read it a second time, with that in mind, mm. how well it just it how well the story is told on that level, like when you know it, it's almost like a magic trick, right? Where the first time you see the magic trick, you're just like, Oh my god, how they do that. And then you know, if you see one of those magician specials where you see how they do it. And then it's still, you're still just like, oh, wow, that's real clever. Uh, again, this is a, an art form. Yeah, because like, like I said, it does that thing where it transitions from like Christopher in ice in bed mm-hmm. to Christopher turning to Jean, right? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. what's going on there? It's not too much later in the book where the opposite happens, where right. it's, it actually does this thing where there's like four panels at the top of the page and the top two are ice and Christopher and the bottom two, which continue the image, but the like mm-hmm. the bottom halves of this image are actually Jean in fire. And then at the bottom of the page, it does the opposite of what we saw before, which is it's, it's Chris in fire lying in bed. So it's transitioned mm-hmm. from the, the what happened the night before to this other like flip of the characters. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's, it's actually telling you quite clearly that as Jean is looking in Christopher's mind, Christopher is also looking in his. Yeah, right. And really when, smart. Did you know that? Too, yeah. Once you know that too, and then you see how it, the the panels divided, like it, it's it's very symmetrical. Um, but yeah, and then the the, the backstory to how that is intercut with the story of his dad and why that's the memory that he uses is that you know you basically you you make them think that this memory is the most important thing because then that makes them focus on that, which leaves them open. Yeah. So, um, which then we get to the memory of how he learned how to do this from the telepath from Titan. Yeah, I was just, I was just before we move on, but I was done the, the backstory with his dad. I didn't really know too much about his origin, Christopher Chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that he tried to jump in and like take a bullet for his dad, but then right. his dad got killed anyway. And this is like him saying, well, I tried to be the target for him, so I will now be the target for other for like, everyone I don't else. Know. I just it, it made me chuckle in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a very silver agey yeah. concept, right? But um, yeah. So, so no, um, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, you, so you, yeah, you get this backstory where he's tra- he's been trained by her how to 
how, how to defend themselves. It's kind of like, uh, you know, in Inception, like, you know, some people have been trained yeah. how to, like, deal with, like... That's what this made me think of. Yeah. Right? Is that she's kind of the Leo character, and and he's the the uh, Paige character. Um, and, yeah, like... Yeah, and then you see the craft at, at play later, which... That's the only part that kind of confused me because is that Lex? That's not Lex, right? It's not. It's not. It's not Lex. No, it's just. It, it, it's just a bald guy, I think. Right, but are we because Lex is the one that's responsible for him in this predicament? Is is that like his? I don't know. Is this his subconscious? So yeah, it's, it's turned here? into Lex at his mind, but it was never really Lex Luthor. Yeah. Right, and that's because she even says that you. You, you know, you use me as your shield. Yeah, because I, th- I think it would be a pretty big deal if Lex Luthor paid to get his father killed and his backstory. Yeah. That would be a pretty big notable thing to deal no, with. No, yeah, but I'm just talking about him sitting him from across the table with the That's gun. That's pretty much what happened in Smallville. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't bring Smallville um, into this, you creep. Well, I'm not trying to drag down the top <laughs> of your, your, your very intellectual book, but pretty sure that was in Smallville. No, no, Lex. I might all try to have uh, Lex killed numerous times and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. That's what Luthers do. No, no, no. Carl, he didn't try to have his own father killed. He tried. He he paid to have Christopher Chance's father killed. So, because it it seems so, Chance's dad. uh, He says he was good at math. So at first, I thought maybe it was like a like a gambling debt type situation because he says, "Oh, my dad's good with numbers." Blah blah blah. And it comes to turn out that he was, you know, something to do with some major, you know, I would guess organized crime type deal. But the guy ends up looking like Lex. And um, it was just also just that that person having the key to the spaceship. Right. Um, and that's what she used him to get. To, that's it. it just got, you know, wrapped up and, you know, because that's a very Lex thing to do, too. But I don't know how they they wave the, him running into Lex early in his career and whatnot. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, I'm yeah. just remembering the Lex thing a little. Uh, this bald character because he's yeah, yeah. So he's this this, this guy is paying uh, Emra to to train people how to fight back mm-hmm. against telepaths. I mean, this could be Lex actually. Now I'm thinking about it. But right, but it doesn't to me. It just in the overall arc of the story, it does make sense for it to be Lex right now you know with him that's why i just think like chances seeing this person as lex but then there's some very lex tendencies here so that's the only part that i got hung up on um that's because the rest of the story comes together super well even on the second read through yeah this could be a seed for something later we're going to delve into Mm -hmm. uh possibly it'll come up with lex at some point if this is him uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for some reason I was misremembering exactly how he popped up. Yeah, so that, yeah, this is the, the page with the, the Lex-looking character. Yeah, um, quite right, quite right. Uh, mm-hmm. For some reason, I for some reason I remembered when we were talking about it earlier. I remembered him talking to yeah. the the hitman, not her, yeah. uh, which is why I was yeah, getting no. confused. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, uh, it all coalesces wonderfully. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's hard, it's hard to say. Uh, it, it, like, yeah, I, I, see? <laughs> I, I just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to like put it into words, like how beautifully this all comes together, like by, by the end, because it really, 
it really is confusing to start with and then as you get through it and you start to sort of click all the different pieces into place and understand what each storyline's representing what's actually happening in this minute it's it's really good um and yeah, I, I think good. and i think part of it is the idea that um like I, you know i would really question who some of the characters are like towards the end as they're talking to each other like are they the ones that have been represented as, or is this like stuff in, in the head getting switched around with mm-hmm. whoever's more relevant to them at the time, or or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. Right. So yeah, I'm curious, well, if, if people want to tell us in the comments, do you think this is Lex who hired her to train him? Um, and then Christopher kind of flipped it around on him uh, to to get the the key thing. For this, for the spaceship. Because it, yeah, it seems like the guy who dies at the table, uh, with the blam blam, and then he slumped over. Well, which, so, is, which is probably why I didn't think it was Lex after a right, it. and that's but but again, him having a key to a spaceship that will take her back to Titan, um, very Lex. So, I don't know. I also the the other thing that stood out here is the Jean and Fire relationship. Knowing that Jean is, you know, that's his weakness, is fire. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, well and, it, like, it thematically makes sense as well. The idea that, like, the person you love is your weakness. That, that, right. that is something well, that... And that's, and it seems that's what, uh, you know, you know, Chris, Christopher Chance's weakness is right now, too. Is, is, is Tora. <laughs> right. So, like, you know, um, and he, he has a thing for wanting to help, you know, these women. Because there's who a lot more of... than capable. Yeah, there's a lot of narration early on, which it is kind of unclear if he's talking about Ace or if he's talking about Imra in the flashback, because right. it kind of like they blur together. But he's talking <laughs> about like you know, don't don't show that you care too much, you know, like hide it, uh, pretend you don't care. Like he's saying things like right. that. I mean, I think the answer is yes, because this is his his theme. Yeah, you know, um, and that almost like he got used, and it, I feel like they're they're hinting at later that maybe Ice is using him again. Or that's just a red herring, and they want us to think that because. And to be know. fair, like in, in the flashback story, well, she does want something from him, and he helps her. Like mm-hmm. ultimately, she doesn't lie about it. At the end, it's quite no. you know. She says you know like yeah. you know hopefully you learn something from this and like yeah. uh, like you know, it, it feels like they leave in fairly amicable terms. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. So, it, was, it was it was excellent. I mean, last dish. Last issue was so good because of the build-up to the actual, like, love scene, if right. you will. Um, and the, the facial expressions. Like, that was really good in a straight story kind of way. This was mm-hmm. a very good, like, not dreamed issue. That's not right, but you know No, what I but mean. it is. It, it's very ethereal. Because yeah. Because it's, it's hopping between... And it's unconventional, and it's jumping yeah. around, and you have to sort of piece it together as you're going, but it does work really well once, you, once it kind of clicks what's going on, and you sort of, like, it clicks better and better as it finishes. Yeah. It really is impressive how much this makes sense by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, Tom King and these artists just working hand in hand. Like he, I feel like King really knows how to write for each specific artist. Cause we, we talked about it with Shaner and Garrett's, you know, we talked about it with Fornes. We're talking about it with Smallwood. Um, they just, they, they work hand in hand so well. Um, and here, especially, I feel like Smallwood, for all the talk that we say that it's this kind of throwback art, you know, here, just the way that he blends all the different 
images together and you know exactly where they are based off of coloring, you know, and, and shading and all these other things. It's just, it works. Everything just works. Yep. That's very good. And then even just the color schemes again, being used here to differentiate mm-hmm. which, which parts of the brain or which yep. the real world and which flashback we're in and just the way it's bouncing around, it all flows very well. And even mm-hmm. sometimes it'll like sort of show you that they're blending together because it, you know, like one will go very green, which is ter- typically the Martian Manhunter and fire stuff right. is the green stuff, and it but it'll creep into yeah. something else, and you sort of get this this feeling. Yeah, and then and then him and the the telepath are it's it's very muted, like like the colors are, are browns and beige, yeah. and you know, um, so yeah, no, just again, the, this book. Yeah, um, so. Very good. Um, ah, good stuff. So, yeah, it ends with them, him passing the salt, and it's just this completely innocuous thing. And obviously, he doesn't look like John Jones here. He's, he's disguised as just a regular dude. Someone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's obviously who it is. Otherwise, the entire story just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, excellent stuff. Matt, what are you giving a human target? I mean, that's one of nine. That is that is fair. I am going to go nine point five. I gave the last issue a ten. I think I like that just a touch more, but like mm-hmm. it, there's not much in it, and the book's yeah. been phenomenal. I mean, after all said and done, this could be the most. I mean, the best crafted issue. But I still think the last issue with how it played with with Ted and and them. It's really hard to touch that one, but we'll see. Um, especially because I know who the next issue is surrounded around. And I'm very excited for that. Who is it, Matt? It's Guy Gardner. I knew. Then, deep, deep down, I knew. Maybe I yeah. should read that issue. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then we're we're getting a six-month break, so you're going to get to think about, you know, I got Guy Gardner six for six months. So That's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, all right. There you go. Uh, next up. Refrigerator full of heads, issue four, real yours and Tom Fowler. And I read this. So Yeah. I, I read this. It it's wow, it really cranked everything up, huh? Well, I wanted to catch up, but uh like I say but Elden Ring came out. Elden Ring came out and also <laughs> we're recording a day early and we're on a bit of a time crunch. So yep. like I said, but did I mention I had to watch Tremors Five starring yes. Jamie Kennedy earlier? Yep. Well, there is no way Tremors Five is longer than like ninety five minutes. Actually, yeah, it's this this a hundred minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, damn it! <laughs> I knew, I... Okay. So, so wait, am I the only one that read this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So things go from 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 crazy to to crazier. Um, we find out that the our two heroes work for the Department of Defense, and they want um, basically they want to get the all the Viking weapons back to this lab, I think they said uh, New Mexico. Um, but the the gang uh, is determined to not let that happen. So they, they storm the house. They're preemptively celebrating the, our two heroes. The, the biker gang opens fire. Um, as they try to get in, the, the lady cleaves off a dude's whole front of his head, which we haven't really seen because everything with the axe up to this point in the two series have been clean chops, 
you know, across the head to preserve it. Um, so yeah, it just becomes complete chaos and anarchy. There's, it's a it's a gun battle. They pin them down into the shed where the shark head is, um, and then her partner, the dude, ends up. Yeah, his name's Cal. Ends up taking some bullets. Um, <laughs> she ends up throwing the axe and, and taking a dude, cutting him uh, vertically in half. Um, and all he can keep saying is Mutta. Um, and <laughs> as he falls into the biting shark's head, his last words are Mutta which is, is quite hilarious. Um I like the, how the that, dude, just, that, that just said that you said it normally, to be honest. <laughs> oh, and, I, oh. and, but <laughs> and it's the way that it's written out as, as you know, because he can't talk because he's split in half. Um, but he's still trying. Uh, Cal dies. Um, to, says that, you know, go finish the job. Um, she she takes all the cleaved heads and starts saying, you know, so we find out that they work for the Department of Defense. They're going to go to a lab. That, you know, either you can end up going to the lab and you tell me what I want to know, or I throw you into the shark's head. Um, so, of course, they don't want to talk. She chucks a couple of them into the shark's head before the, you know, they reveal that they work for Erica Fury, who is the main chick. Uh, it cuts to her. She has June. And the, um, the what was his name? Uh, I can't find it. The uh, the one guy that, that rolled through to, to catch back up, she's keeping him in a bread box. Um, and that um, they work for someone uh, here that I'm trying to I read this early in the week. Um, uh, where's it at for, for clarity? Anyways, for clarity's sake, um, turns out that they work for Clausen, the old sheriff, and that he wheels out on a wheelchair and confronts June, and that's where it ends. So the old sheriff that was collecting, you know, that had his, his Viking weapon collection where the axe originally came from, still against all odds, is alive, and he rolls up in a wheelchair to, to confront June. And... Uh, yeah, that's where we end things. This, this book's completely wild, and uh, it's it's it is kind of the the in terms of like a horror movie, this is definitely closer to like Jason Lives, um, where it's it's a whole lot of fun. It's still kind of messy, but that's why you like it, you know. Um, but yeah, I haven't got much past that. The art is completely brutal. Uh, Tom Fowler. Um, Throwing the heads in and seeing become mush. The dude getting his head split clean vertically in two. You know, it completely leans into that here. Um, but yeah, being that it's 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 yours and and not um Hill, I it definitely gives the, the book a different vibe still. Um, down to the kind of cheesy reveal at the end where he rolls in on a, in a wheelchair, just half of his body, you know, that she had cut. Uh, what was it? it was down kind of sideways right so he's missing he's missing an arm in, in his other lower half um yeah apparently they fished him out the water so uh i pete do get caught up right because 
I feel like it's going to get more wild. I really like the first uh, two issues, so I really should. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just just get caught up, and uh, I'll, I'll give this one a, a seven. A seven. Okay. Nice and simple. All right, uh, Connor is going to talk about his uh, Patreon. But every month on patreon.com slash TV, you can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. So Connor is going to talk about Harley Quinn, issue 12. I hate this book. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting your money's worth, at least. Uh, um, do you know the first like few pages of this were so unrelated to the cliffhanger of last time, which was the, the whole train bomb thing. Oh yeah, I, I totally remember what the cliffhanger, the last issue was. There, there was a, there was a, she was on a train with her friend strapped to the tracks and there was a bomb on the train and she had to try and disarm the bomb. Mm. Yes. That, like, that was the cliffhanger. This issue opens two weeks ago with someone dealing with uh, keepsake and Injecting him with something, someone in a mask that says guilty. Like it's a, it's like a red full face, like luchador mask. And it just says guilty across the, the mouthpiece, like where the mouth would be. I, I don't know. That's, it's a new villain, I guess. They show up later, but they injected with something. They're like, go do your shit. And there's like three pages of this. And, and I don't know why. Like, none of it's relevant. Like, you cut all of that and you miss absolutely nothing. None of it is relevant for the rest of the issue. But yeah, you have Harley kind of imagining how would all these various heroes solve this problem if they were handcuffed to a train with a bomb on it and they're going to run over their friends. So you have, like, Harley as Zatanna, like, you know, in Zatanna's outfit, you know, magicking it out. Harley as Superman, uh... Uh, heat visioning the the handcuffs, and then Harley as Aquaman just doing something. That's that's her line. She goes, he'll do something, and it's just a bunch of sharks and dolphins and octopus around her. Disrespect. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of respect in that. It's like, well, we'll figure it out still. I no, respect. I, know, but I, still. I respect that it was a Superman and Aquaman as a second too, because when you said Zatanna yeah. first, I thought. This is going to just be some pervy section where someone gets to draw Harley and yeah. like lots of other yeah. female hero outfits. So I I appreciate that it was just. I mean, like the second one, I I, I so, you know I saw the outfit first. I just I thought, oh, Supergirl, because there's nothing particularly distinguishing between the two outfits in the sense that you know you you could tell me this was a Supergirl outfit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they 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 do RSA with Superman. <laughs> like, yeah, Aquaman, like, yeah. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing bad about it. And, and even the Zatanna one, it's not like it's done in a particularly sexual manner or anything like sure. that. Sure. I can, I can just, I can picture the pen up, you know? No, I get that. And look, I have lots of problems with Rosmo, but I will, I will give him credit in that it, it doesn't feel like that at all. <laughs> it's bo- never skeezy with him. No. It's, yeah. it's his, something else. His body proportions are too weird for anything to be remotely, like, sexual. Active. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that is pretty much it. It's like it's like, it's like seeing like a I don't know like a Picasso and going oh look at, look at her <laughs> <laughs> all those sharp edges uh, <laughs> all, all, all those oversized weird round faces <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, that is basically it um, she breaks out she does the she, she 
she starts trying to stop the thing. It does look like a whole sequence of, okay, well, it's her working it out. Essentially, goes, well, if I need a minute to do, you know, to crawl under the train, I need 10 seconds to just stare in confusion. And it's got like a three minute count. And, it, you know, it goes through it. And it's it does that thing like the like the heist movie thing of, you know, where they, they talk through the plan, but they're, they're showing it as they do it. It, it. it does that sequence, essentially. And then it hits zero and the train blows up. But it blows up before it gets to Kevin. And the train just kind of, like the bomb goes off, it goes off the tracks. Um, and it, it cuts to Kevin, who thinks Harley's dead. Because he know, he know, somehow he knows Harley's on this train. I, I guess when they tied him up, they were like, Harley's going to be on this train. Uh, but sure, why not? And then Harley climbs up off the side of the, the train tracks. And she's like, ah, I guess I miscalculated. Uh, that, that, that's Kevin's fine. Rescued. Well, Kevin's but very resourceful. Sure. I mean, he, he took on Marv and, and Harry by himself, so he's fine. Exactly, yeah. Um, then the rest of the issue, we have... Uh, I'm brushing over it. I'm brushing over it. I'm getting this done. Uh, <laughs> I just... <laughs> Matt, Matt tried to hold his laugh and make a correct Home Alone <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, that's what breaks him, apparently. <laughs> I mean, Kevin would be a, you know, Batman villain, so it makes sense that he'd be there. No, Kevin is Batman. More, he'd be more confident <laughs> no, than this guy. No. Yes, he's taking on thieves by himself with traps, and he's he's wet. He's Robin at best. <laughs> but, uh, the rest of the show has keepsakes team, you know, all the knockoffs they recruited. I say you know as if you pay, pay any attention whatsoever. But all his knockoffs they gave, like all the the keepsakes that he'd taken from other criminals, like one of them has like a freeze gun, for example. And they turn on keepsake and are like, no, nah, kill him. Uh, and for some reason, Harley shows up and rescues him. And is like, no, don't kill him. You know, that, 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 that just makes you just as bad. And we should be better than him. Even, even though she's talking to a bunch of, like objectively a bunch of villains here. Uh, I, I don't know. Solomon Grundy shows back up because he was in this a few issues ago. And Harley was like, didn't someone say you got your head cut off? Um, which was obviously in uh, Arkham City. And he just goes, got better. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, he is Solomon Grundy. He does that. Uh, one thing I know about Solomon Grundy is that he's born on a Monday. So, like, just got a, a week for him to, to recharge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, Harley's trying to talk them out of it. Um, the building's going up in flames. And they're like, come on, we, we should save him. But she's not going to do it for some reason. She's, she's trying to make this Anne person who's part of the Keepsakes group to do it. And this is where Anne, Anne goes, I won't kill him, but I won't save him either. <sighs> yes. I told you we were, we were doing the Nolan references today. I don't remember what the first one was, now, to be honest. I don't either, but we've had at least two. <laughs> before this. This is at least the third one, I know that. What the hell? They don't like the Nolan references, apparently. No. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say something because they don't know any better, but I don't want to deal with that. Uh, I don't Matt, want that smoke. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt's dogs are hungry. There you go. There's a Nolan reference for you. Remember yeah, um, the, the criminal, the second movie, where he's like, "My dogs are hungry." When, yeah. when he thinks Batman showed up, 
Yeah. There's a lot of dog themes in the second movie. There's a lot of dog chasing cars. There's the, you know. Yeah. Uh, set the dogs on me. Yeah. It's a good movie. How would the suit do against dogs? It'll do just fine against cats. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. Much much better than this comic, but this is. <laughs> it, it, it is. I, I rolled my eyes at this because it's it's one thing to allude to those movies, right? Um, but I don't know. Just outright quoting them. It's feels easy. I mean, it depends what sort of reference it is. I feel like it, because that's a dramatic line and they're not really putting a spin on it, it just kind of feels like a cheap reference. Whereas, like, you could still say I'm not wearing hockey pads, but put it in, like, a moment where it would actually be quite funny because... Sure. You know, like, if you actually put in a scene where someone was trying to play hockey and got really hurt because they weren't wearing hockey pads and just have them walk off limping going, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Like, that would be kind of funny because it's, like, taking it out of context and putting it in a little right, situation. But this is essentially the same scenario. Yeah, yeah. Let me just like, say, when I get winded, I start to say Batman lines because the only time I can sound like Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... I, I guess their logic is they can get away with doing that because it's a because it's a Harley Quinn book and it gets to be you know kitschy and you know. meta and yeah art noise yeah that that's pretty much it and they go outside and and Kevin's like you're a hero to us we need Harley Quinn yada 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 uh, and then there's a final page of a couple of pages of keepsake he's alive he survived he, you know. Um, it does this horrible thing that Rosmo insists on having at least every other issue where we cannot be trusted to follow the order of the pa of the panels. So we have to have big red arrows from one panel to the next to tell us which way to read it, because otherwise we will get lost. And usually they're actually necessary, and I would like, I do need those arrows, because it's just bad layout work. Um, at least one time it was terrible layouts, but it was saved by really strong lettering. That made it follow it. This here, they're not even that unconventional layouts. He's just decided it's a stylistic thing now to have these arrows. And I assume the the, the logic is, well, if I do it often enough, when I do it when when it's terrible layout work and, and you need the arrows, you won't be crit critiquing it as much because I've built it in as part of just this is the style of the book now. Well, it's consistent, I guess. It is, but it's just it's setting itself up for a get-out-of-jail-free card later, which... He's already redeemed like three times over the course of these 12 issues, but yeah. Um... Oh, and then, yeah, then this, this villain that I, I say it's the same villain as from the start, but they're in actually a slightly different design. Earlier they had the um, the guilty was on the mask because it, it was the only bit we could see. It was, it was a red mask and it had guilty and white across the mouth. Now they show up and they're like, the verdict is in. And I'm assuming their name is the verdict because the verdict's all big and bold, you know, like 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 it does when it says a name. And they're wearing a red mask, but it doesn't say guilty on the mask. But they do have a red cape that says guilty on now. So either there's a weird inconsistency in the art, this is a separate character and they're part of the same organization, or they change their outfit in two weeks, which is possible. But if you if you make a customized mask that says guilty on it, you're probably going to keep that for at least two weeks. So, or he's guilty of being wasteful. Yeah, yeah, could be. And then anyway, they 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 shoot keepsake and kill him anyway, or presumably kill him. We we see them point the gun at keepsake, and we, you know, we hear the bang and the the 
the, the shell comes out. We don't see it hit keepsake or have any confirmation, but everyone thinks he's dead after the building collapsed on him anyway, so probably dead. Who cares? Uh, yeah, this this issue was more of the same. It's a <laughs> three out of ten. Wonderful. Carl's and Carl's miserable, so therefore we can all be miserable. a little happier. Yes. Uh, Matt whipping out the German a little bit there. Yeah. Mm. Very good. Mm. Well, the very I was trying to get something but... to American immunity. <laughs> I'm, pretty I'm sure so di- glad I've got a drink right here. Diplomatic immunity, I'm pretty sure, has a very different set of words for German. Uh, oh, sure. And that, I'm pretty sure that was South African, the character, and Lethal Whip. Yes, it was. Yes. Which, by the way, guess where Tremors 5 is set and completely shot in? Germany. South Africa. Oh, dang. <laughs> I, assu- I assume they got, like, a tax break or something, so they set the whole movie in South Africa. Yeah. Oh, dear. But yes, this is the part of the show where we pick our favourites of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books of the week. So let's get into it. Matt, what was your panel slash moment? Um, it's gonna be from Action Comics, and it's when when the kids look at uh, Superman and tell mm-hmm. him truth and justice. Such a such a good moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, there's a lot of good dramatic moments that I could go with in Action Comics, but instead I'm gonna go with one that just made me chuckle. Harley which... is Aquaman. <laughs> it, it was not from Harley, but it is okay. Harley related. Uh, it is in DC Vampires. It's when mm. Bago's like, oh, you got anything else I need to know? And Harley just goes, dinosaurs are real too. <laughs> I don't know. It was pay- the, the, you know, the third time good. that came up in that issue. And it would pay off and it made me chuckle. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good choices actually this week, potentially, because there's some good moments in Detective that I really like. There's even a couple of moments in Robin that I, I think are really well done on their own. Um, actions feel like great stuff. Human targets feel like great stuff. Um, I think if I'm picking... Just the one, and that's what I'm supposed to do. As is the rule. No. Jesus, that one was loud. Uh, I had to make sure my dog wasn't in here. <laughs> I, I managed to hold in the first one, and then the second one just came out. <laughs> um, but I think... I think I'll go with Mongol walking back in as the crowd is chanting uh, the phrase of Superman. I think I'll go with that, just because for, 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 ter- for dramatic impact, I'm going with that. But there's a lot of good things I could have picked this week. Uh, for cover of the week, uh, I did have a, a quick skim uh, as people were talking there. Uh, you know, there's a Behermo cover on Detective, which is nice enough, of course, because it tends to be. Uh, there's a pair of lovely, as usual, Matina covers, uh, one for Task Force Z, and then the other for DC versus Vampires, which I think is a Two-Face uh cover um and vampires yeah yeah it is yeah uh but i think the pick i'm going to go is the variant it's the ben oliver variant for human target which is uh christopher chance is just basically there's a lot of like various superhero things been thrown at him so there's a batarang there's like a green lantern axe there's like the wonder woman shield uh laser eye vision yeah uh, it's just a really nice cover, really nice detail on the face. Uh, sometimes the simplistic. I feel like Matt might side with a more pulpier regular cover, but uh, we'll see. Matt, what's your pick? Um, so 
Uh, I do like there's a Tedesco uh, action comics variant. That looks really fun. Yeah, it's um, real old school. Yeah, and then Robin has a Manipole variant that has Batman and Talia. That's pretty cool. I uh, just wanted to bring that one up. But yeah, no, it's the Human Target Pulp cover because I bought this as a as a piece of art. So you're saying I hang. called it exactly right is what you're saying. You called it exactly. <laughs> just, just down to the, you know, the, the bleeding out characters on the bottom, like everything looks, it's like a cover of LA Confidential from back in the day. Mm. All right, Connor. Mm. It's a tough one this week for me because there's no like standout covers. Um, there's quite a few like pretty good covers that I like, but there's no Tell like. Tell me Harley Quinn's not a top 10 cover you've ever seen. I, I don't, I'd have to go look at it. Hang on. Uh, no, I <laughs> hate it. Mess, I despise man. it. I despise it. Yeah. I don't like any of the Harlequin variants. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I quite like the uh, the Deathstroke ink variant, uh, the one with the two uh, with Canary on as well. But I don't know. I'll probably I'll go with just the the regular detective cover, the the golden mm-hmm. kind of mask, like the bronzy gold mask. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I was just checking out the Harlequin. Covers. I was curious to see how. how yeah, that's it. I see how bad Connor Stays is now. Uh. Hey, <laughs> I didn't pick that. You you said that. I mean, no, I know, but you said none of them were good, and, and you're you're kind of correct. Yeah, uh, I mean the Derek Two one's okay. It's but... fine. Yeah, mm. but it's not good. All right, best art of the week, Connor. Go. Uh, well, I didn't read Human Target, which means the answer can only really be Action <laughs> Comics. <laughs> Very good, uh, Matt. I, I had an internal struggle, um, and and I could just Harvey Dent it and flip a coin, um, but I'm not going to do that because I'm just going to give it to Human Target. <laughs> uh, I am going to go with Rob and the Human Target. I'm going with Human Target. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. It's an easy pick. Uh, yep. Smallwood takes it, but obviously the action was very very good as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, which when I said I didn't read Human Target, so action was my pick. That wasn't because action is anyway, but action is still fantastic. It just means I, yeah. I didn't have any real competition. Oh, no. I've I've been going back and forth all episode of which one, um, and it's just I kind of have to. Yeah, Smallwood's like, great. Oh, does it, I'm not reading it, but clearly yeah. Smallwood is a phenomenal yeah. artist. But yeah. not arguing that at all. Yeah. Uh, all right, top five books, Matt. On you go. Uh, number one, Action Comics. Number two, Human Target. Number three, uh, Detective Comics. Number four, Robin. And number five, DC versus Vampires. Okay, Car. Well, Action's number one. That that kind of goes without saying. Then, yeah, I think I'll edge it to Detective, just because of the backup. Then DC Vampires. Then Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one is Human Target. Number two is Action Comics. Number three is Detective Comics. Number four is Robin. Number five is DC vs. Vampires. So, pretty nifty week all in. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads me to telling you what's coming out next week from DC Comics. So, this is what is on its way. We have Batman 1 to 1. We have. Detective Comics 1055, Justice League 73, 
Dark Knights of Steel issue 5, the Nice House in the Lake issue 7, so that's back. Uh, it would be nice if, to go back and read the first six issues again, but while I have time, probably not. Well, maybe if you just don't play Elden Ring for a couple hours. Why do you assume that'll be why I don't have time for this in a week's time? Because it's a big-ass game, so... It's yeah. a big-ass game. That doesn't mean I'm still going to be like playing it consistently in a week's time. Cool, what else? So you're making you're upsetting Matt, Connor. This is okay, you. I stopped. Yo, I am hungry, and I've been up since uh, 4.30 a.m. So, let's... let's How much can you drag stuff. out of these eight books, Pete? I need, to start, I need to finish as well, so I'm not dragging anything out. Suicide Squad issue 13 is out next week, as is Justice League Incarnate issue 5, so that's the final issue of that miniseries. Yeah. Uh, which is probably quite important now, now that we know it's leading to Dark Crisis and whatnot. Uh, we have Batman Killing Time issue 1. That snuck up on us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the Tom King 6 issue mini that's starting, so we'll see how that is. Uh, Arkham City The Order of the World issue 6, so that's wrapping up. There's a, there's a few final yeah. issues next week. Uh, we have Trial of the Amazons issue 1, which I guess we'll be looking at just to see if we, we want to uh, read the rest of that event. But uh, obviously that's the Wonder Woman event that's tying into all the Wonder books that are going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the Wonder Girl issues are now no longer Wonder Girls issues. They're just... They're like, there's a two-issue mini now. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, effectively. Uh, so then we have War for Earth 3 issue 1 starting next so, week. So I want to go... What the hell is Nightwing doing there? And I forgot. Oh yeah, this is the same team yeah. as Titans Academy. I, I so. have no recollection of this existing, so I'm really glad you told me it was the same team, team as Titans. Yeah, you, yeah, you can ignore it. You can ignore it. You can much. ignore it. Just also, they revealed who Red X was, and it was a big wah wah. And yeah, so did anyone give a shit who it was anymore? No, no. I haven't even heard who it was. I don't know. Not that I really yeah. care. So it was much. a character. Uh, spoilers, guys. Uh, but it was a character from Teen Titans Academy who then uh, tried to tell Dick that it was his long-lost son, and then Red X shows up, and, and um, I think he kills the dude? Um, but yeah, Wait, does Dick have a long-lost son, or, or not? No, because it was... Dick's like, oh, that can't be true. We, we scanned everyone's DNA when they entered the school. Um, and so basically, the old Red X used that on the new kid to, to motivate him. It, really bad. Uh, also, where, where is this dick supposed to be? Invested. He's got a long lost son who's old enough to be in the Teen Titans. <laughs> uh, right. Well, I, it doesn't make any sense. What did so. he do? Have a fling when he was 11? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Maybe. Anyway, uh, Monkey, Monkey Prince thing. issue 2 is out next week. One Star Squadron issue 4. Dark Knight's Steel, Garling Storm issue 1. That's the collection of the first three issues, yep. just in case you're confused. Um, for $7, which is an okay price, I guess, for the three issues. Three uh, issues? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems reasonable, yeah. Uh, sure, some, and sure, some extras in there, too. World of Krypton issue 4 runs out the week. So, yeah. Uh, interesting week. There's a couple of new things starting that we will be checking out. Uh, returning Nice House and Lake. And then there's a couple of minis that are wrapping up next week. So, uh, it's a fairly hefty week overall. Hodge, hodgepodge of a week. Uh, but that is what's coming next time. So I look forward to the ones we'll be covering. Uh yeah, uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Sandy Palacios, David Sharp, Boardnow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Traisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. And I try not to get distracted by the very rude hiccup that uh, was in the middle of that list. I held it in. Screw you. Don't hold that in hard enough. Well, and next time I won't bother. Well, that's fine then.
means I can just mock you even more. <gasps> Fate has stepped in! <laughs> To give me what I want. Uh, so yes, thank you to our Patreon producers. That's one of the higher tiers. Of course, you can support us for as little as $1 per month and uh, help keep all the content coming, support the show. And of course, at the $5 tier in particular, you get early access to the show. You'll get it whenever it's ready on the Saturday, sometime late. Uh, so you'll have it, you know, at the very least, you'll have it for when you get up on Sunday as opposed to Sunday evening when uh, everyone else has to wait. So if you're interested... You for your extremely long morning commute. Yes, if you're working a Sunday. Hey, I work on a Sunday. <laughs> Some people do, but not everyone does. Uh, it's the least common day to work, objectively. Probably true. And also, it's a hell of a commute, isn't it? <laughs> For this show. Well, if you think about it there and back, though, so you get 90 minutes there. Still a pretty hefty commute. It's not hefty, but it's not as hefty as three hours there. <laughs> well, no. Uh, so yes, go to Patreon and check out all that. You can support us by liking, subscribing, ding the bell, notifications, all that stuff uh, on on YouTube. You can give us a five star review on iTunes or wherever you get podcast from to support us that way. And of course, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, and you can share us out on there as well uh, to other DC fans and comic fans. Uh, all of that does help. So thank you for doing any of that. Um, well, that's pretty much it. That's the show. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. I always appreciate it. As do these two. I might say we. Yeah, allegedly. I might say we, because I usually do, but sometimes I do solo shows and, the, you know, the, the brain... <laughs> Pete has to go review Trevor's Five now. <laughs> Fuck off. That's why you... <laughs> <laughs> Man, you should. You should call a good friend Dan Jacob up and... Uh... He's the go-to Tremors oh, guy. I, I've told him he is accountable for how bad these sequels are. It's all his fault. <laughs> his rebuying of the first four is why they came back in 2015 with a fifth one. Okay? Uh, There's like a, a, a 12-year which gap. Which the Kevin Bacon one? The first one. That's like the main one. That's it. Is there not another one where he came back? No, no he came oh. back for a TV pilot, but then it never got picked no, up. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. of... Yeah, okay. No, after part, part two, it becomes the Burt Gummer show. Yes. I mean, he's in two as well, but the, the second lead, Fred Ward, I think his name is, yeah. uh, from the first one, he's in two still. But then, he yeah. did, then he's then he's too big for you to do the third one. Yeah. So then, yes. But anyway, uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. <laughs> Tremors 5.